Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. I always do that during a live town hall. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay, so here we go. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. You got Andy. Hey, now. And George. Hello, everybody. Hi, everyone. <laughs> uh, this is episode 209, To Go or Not To Go. Ooh. Yeah. It's about bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes you have to go, sometimes you don't have to go. We'll see. You're at Giant Stadium, and they're playing a good game. Ah, uh, boy. You've had 11 beers. Hmm. To <laughs> oh, go man. or not to and go? You've already broken the seal, so you're just, you know, oh, SOL. dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Let's check in with everyone's week. Uh, who'd like to go first? Hey, I can go first. All right, Kevin. You go first. It's been a while. Since I did close to nothing RC related, I uh, earlier in the week ordered a chair. <laughs> this is just going to be riveting. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm curious what kind of chair this is. I ordered a chair from Max Nomic. I've been batting it around for a while. Holy crap. And uh yeah, it's right. a pretty decent I don't know you want to call it a gaming chair or you know, computer desk chair, whatever you want to call it. But I've been like I said, I've been batting it around for a while. It was either that or like Secret Labs or I don't know. They're one and the same anymore. I looked at so many chairs. Yeah. So I uh, ordered that. That came on uh Thursday or Friday, put that together. Really like oh, it. It's good. It's really nice. I really like it. Um, my my old chair was just an office chair that I had gotten from a couple of jobs ago. It's probably like ten or twelve years old, and it was just it was getting rough. So it was time for a new chair. Can you go in it? Yeah, it's got wheels on it. I can wheel around on it. <laughs> if that's what you mean. <laughs> to go or not to go? <laughs> I went and I came back really quick there. So yeah, that yeah. that's cool. I've been uh, you know, this is my first podcast from the new chair. <laughs> like I said, nice. it's going to be exciting. And uh did some simming this week and I've been doing uh, more 3D printing for those of you out there who love when I talk about 3D printing. I came up with that idea last weekend or last week about printing the little 690 bolt holder mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Printed that out, posted it on Facebook. Good. Yeah. Came out pretty good. Oh, and I guess I did put the 690 back together. That's back together. Nice. That's ready to go. You know, I have ideas for your for that that bolt holder to do like a version two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm open to all sorts of suggestions with that. I think it'd be cool if you take a frame side and you like 3D model it, and each of the holes are like where the bolt goes, and it shows you like a side of the frame. You know, like so for like the 690, it would kind of raise up from that platform of holes. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing, except I was just going to kind of like not to scale, like scale it down and put the bolts where they should be type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be to scale for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then I was chatting with somebody online. We'll probably read it later. Somebody asked me about, I think it was Ian Joel maybe, um, asking me about uh, the details on it and whether I could do it for other models and stuff. And I probably just all only need is the the owner's manual, you know, look it up online. I'd probably make them for other models. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little cup to put Loctite in. I thought that was a good idea. Somebody mentioned. Yeah. A little bit of blue, but that's how I do it with like um, little plastic bags. Like I'll just use the bag and 
put a mm-hmm. couple drops of Loctite and use that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea, too. Yeah, I did make a little, like, tray piece at the bottom, but nothing specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and put, like, a little blue label, like, blue Loctite or whatever the Loctite number is. Yeah. Pretty cool. It was pretty nice. big. It was, it was, like, maybe 9 by 9 or 8 by 8 I don't know, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it came out to be a decent size. Awesome. And other than that, man, I got most of the parts finished for the body of the R2-D2, man, and... I think I finished them a while ago. I was working on a couple of other larger pieces, and I just started going to town gluing stuff together. And I'll tell you, whether you do this like a project like this and don't think it's related to anything else, I always think of how stuff relates to other things, you know, whether you learn an Arduino code or, you know, anything, how to repair a, a light socket or put a switch in. It always translates mm-hmm. over to something else. And this, sure. man, the engineering that this guy did in this model is amazing, man. Just amazing. Stuff I thought I was going to have to glue down actually bolts down uh, the whole, you know, uh, the front where the two arms kind of come out. That whole thing mm-hmm. is built like a like a drop-in chassis piece. So that's like kind of removable, uh, which I thought was really cool because you have to kind of pin it from each side, and there was no way to do that after the fact. But then again, you know, m- removing that, you could actually work on the inside of it, you know, get your hands on the inside of it and tighten up nuts and bolts and stuff like that. Nice. So that's coming along really good, man. And uh, the only, like I said last week, the only other thing I did, you know, was I, I insulated part of my garage window that I was having an issue with. And uh, mm-hmm. what a huge difference that made in the ambient temperature in the one section of the garage, man. It went from like 30 degrees to like 60 degrees. It's it's amazing. I couldn't believe the difference. Oh. Yeah. So I'll be printing all year long, hopefully. Unless nice. it gets minus 20 out. So, <laughs> what have you guys been up to? Who wants to go next? Uh, I can go next, I guess. Cool. Go, Andy. Uh, all I did was fly. Nice. I actually flew every day last week. What? Sunday to Sunday. Awesome. Nice. Yep. Two flights per day, except for Saturday, it rained most of the day. Mm. And I thought I wasn't going to make it. And I was like, it finally quit after dark. And I was like, well, screw this. So, I... Turned on the truck headlights, give team a spotlight, and then did a flight, one flight after dark. <laughs> oh, man. Uh-huh. Really? That's too crazy, but, you know, I got a five-minute flight in, so I figured that counts. Yeah. Were you at, were you at the field Sunday? Uh, no, I did not go to the field Sunday. I went by there, and it's kind of windy, I thought. It, yeah, it was super windy here, so I didn't even bother to go out. I was going to go by there for a couple hours, but... It was cold. It was like, what, in the 30s, low 30s or something? Yeah. And the wind was blowing really hard. So I put one flight in just to say I made it a week, and then uh, I didn't go out to the field. Awesome, Wait, so did, did you fly yesterday, Monday, and today? No. Oh, okay. The no. streak is broken. I know. I was about to say, if you have a streak, you might as well keep, keep going. Uh, it's been cold, and I was like, eh. I'm not as cool as George, so I couldn't, you know, start up that start up that tradition. You yeah. know, Craig flew a helicopter every day for a year. Yep. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, yeah. It sure did. Outdoors. Yeah. And he, once he, he made it a year, he didn't fly anything for like two months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he took <laughs> a break. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Call it's a big relief. It's a really a big relief once you start and you get kind of hooked on it. I went yeah. for over three years and 
man, it's been the biggest relief not to have to fly every single day. It's like, you know, it's 20 yeah. degrees and awful. I don't yeah. have to fly if I don't want to. Yeah. 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 Cause once you're in it, you don't want to stop. Like you don't want to break the street. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I figured if I get seven days, that was good enough for me. That's really good. Yeah, that's a awesome. helicopter. I do most stuff half ass anyway. So. So how many times yeah. did Tima go, if you crash and I'm holding this spotlight, don't blame me. Uh, nah, she didn't say that. She did. Nah. Like I said, I didn't do anything too crazy. Just did some hover training and inverted hover and a few flips and stuff. Cause with one spotlight, I was kind of afraid to get much out of the, the headlights of the truck. Yeah. Sorry. Cause if she did lose it, then I'd be screwed. And, um, uh, you know, we don't want to do that. Uh, so while I was flying, I did work on uh, some dismount autos and trying to kind of put those things together. Still not great at them, but I'm, I did a few pretty nice ones. Where you come down, you overspeed it, and you kind of pop up, do something, and then land. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good, except for the one that kind of went crazy, went over my head. I had to bail out of. Oh, jeez exactly know what happened there but uh that was a little bit unusual but other than that not too bad just kind of working on my normal stuff doing some trying to get those aileron tiktoks dialed in and playing around with that axon fly barless unit so these autos dude that you're doing the dismount ones yeah uh, are they upright are they inverted or no inverted oh really like coming down inverted and then like popping it and flipping over and landing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I've seen like Devin do it a bunch of times. Instead of doing like, instead of coming down inverted and then rolling at like 20 feet off the ground and then flare and land, I'm coming down inverted and flaring to build up head speed at, I don't know, five feet off the ground. And then, like, pop it up and flip or roll or something and then come down and land. Nice. So what I'm doing is I'm coming down inverted to, like I said, five, maybe six feet off the ground, maybe four feet sometimes. And I pop it up and then I go back up to, like, 15 feet. Oh, okay. And then float down and land. Jeez. I had to bail out a few times, but, you know, I did land a few of them. Is it on the whiplash? Uh, no, this was on the XL Power. Okay, cool. So were you doing those straight at you, or are you doing them from the side? No, from the side. Okay. Cool, yeah. man. Yeah, I got a little little weird the one time, and that's how it, come. it went like up over my head. Yeah, that's usually It wasn't how. a big deal. I mean, it was way up high. It was like 20 feet high, so I just bailed out and flew around and did it again. Nice. Yeah, that's all I've done. I didn't work on the whiplash at all. I didn't do any wrenching. Just flew a little bit every day, and so that was it. How's that barnstormer coming along? <laughs> it's good. It's still in the package. Oh, nice. It's still fresh. It's still mint. It's still fresh. It's still fresh. Yeah, it looks package. perfect. Nice. Uh, it's just going to be Jeff and the uh, FT Cruise. Uh, was it? No, that's the uh, racer. Sells the plane. Racer. Racer, 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 that's it. Yeah. Yes, it was a racer. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. No. Uh, no, <laughs> you got to have it ready for our fun fly. I did buy some parchment paper, just so does that count? Like, that's one step in the right direction. 
I got a bottle of CA. I got a roll of parchment paper. Yeah, you yeah. slowly, incremental baby progress. steps. You're either going to yeah. put a plane together or you're going to bake some cookies. Awesome. Maybe or both. Do both. Maybe both. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Steve? What have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? Fuel, fuel, fuel. Okay, so I've been. So I have this OS Max 55 HD motor, and I don't even know what I'm going to use it for, but. I bought all this stuff to make convert it to an HDR, so to make it a uh, pump or regulated. So I converted that over the weekend. Um, I bought that motor used. It was in pristine condition. Like everything, I took the whole motor apart. All the bearings were perfect. Like it was like no scarring or marring on anything. Everything was perfect. So um, I put it all back together. I dropped the um, the back plate and put the the new one with the um, the, the uh, I don't know. I guess it's like a a hose fitting or whatever you call it, and then put in the regulator, and that was a brand new regulator bought, and really, that was it for that motor. Converted, great. Um, nice. I moved on to the uh, the YS ninety one SR Turek motor I have, and that one, I don't know what swamp water fuel or I don't know what <laughs> this person ran through this thing. Like there was so much corrosion on like the piston top that like. I can see parts that are like, you know, silver and nice and newish. And then like that was like 5% of the, you know, the top of the piston. The rest of it was just like covered in like this reddish weird coloring with some pitting and stuff. And I mean, I took a knife to it just to see like, can I scrape this stuff off? And it does kind of scrape off, but I'm just going to replace it anyways because I look on the side of the piston and there's a lot of scarring and marring on it from, I guess, you know, maybe running a little lean once in a while. So, uh, let's see. So, yeah, I got the, uh, I had to order some parts. So, I got a, I, I actually went to two places. And this is, this is very interesting in our hobby where, um, you know, you go to a shop and they sell the parts, but just don't have it in stock, right? So, then you go to another shop and you're like, it's how, it's very interesting that like both hobby shops together would have all of them, but individually, no. Yeah. So, that I was able to buy, yeah. So I was able to buy a um, couple parts from Shannon from Only Fine Heli. And and then I went to, I forgot which ones that he had, but um, then I went to A-Main for the rest. And it's funny because I put the orders on the same day and they're coming from, one's coming from Virginia, one's coming from uh, California. And they're both arriving this Friday together, uh, USPS. So I should have a, a new, so I needed, the main things I needed really was the, um, the wrist pin, I'm going to replace the wrist pin and the uh, retainers for, for both sides of the piston, you know, wrist pins. I'm going to replace those. Um, I asked a friend, I was like, hey, you know, can I reuse these? Like, they're not like the OS where they have a little clip that you can grab and pop it out. They're just like a kind of like a, a C clip almost. And he's like, yeah, you could pry it out and you might have luck getting them back in, but they usually deform when you pry them out. So just... Just get new ones. It's better, you know, they're like, whatever, five bucks or whatever. They're super cheap. So I ended up ordering that and some other parts. Um, so I'm just waiting for that to come in. But I did rebuild. Um, I went through the regulator, make sure that was all clean. I put all new gaskets in it. Uh, so there's new carb gasket, new um, gasket for the regulator, a new little fuel tubing that connects the regulator to the carb. And right now, like... I have a new piston ring and sleeve, like that combo that YS sells. So I'm just waiting for the, those wrist pins and the, the retainers to get that rebuilt. 
But um, yeah, so it's partially rebuilt right now and ready to get some new stuff going. Uh, what else did I did? Ooh, so I got to finally use uh, this awesome gift that my wife got me. She asked me what I wanted, and I said, I want this Ryobi rotary tool that I can use for all my um, my batteries that I have, the Ryobi OnePlus system. So she did, and I haven't used it. It was sitting in a bag that it came with, you know, until now. And I was like, all right, I, I can't find this damn instructions. I'm not even going to bother contacting Carrie. I'm just going to cut this up. I'm going to figure it out, right? I can figure this out. So I, I started measuring it up and kind of lining it up next to it, figuring out, what is the main block point where I can't get this canopy on? And it was the bottom part. So I cut about an inch and a half off and started from there. And I use this rotary tool, and it's it's so much nicer to use, like, a rotary tool that has a remote, I don't know what to call it, like a remote handle or whatever. So the motor isn't like, you know, like a Dremel where the motor sits inside this big casing, and you're holding this big thing with your hand trying to balance it and cut things very delicately. Um, this one just has like that cable driven um, thing where the base has the motor and really, the, you know, your wand, I guess, or your rotary wand is very, it's kind of flexible and you can move it around and easily navigate things. I cut up the bottom part, then lined it up, saw where I had to cut for the muffler, which was like a very little sliver, really. And I probably could have gotten away with not cutting it, but I wanted to make sure I had enough clearance. So I just cut a little sliver out. And then on the other side, I cut a pretty big chunk out, but I, you know, progressively cut a little bit at a time. And it got in, um, to the part where it fit well and didn't rub on anything. So, um, yeah, I posted pictures of that. I think that looks amazing. Um, I also did get some tips from folks about it that I should use some, like, fuel clips for my fuel lines and stuff, you know, just so they don't slip off due to the vibrations and stuff. But, uh, yeah, so that's all done. And I'm like, damn it, I need to cut up more stuff. <laughs> like, I want to use this thing more. Um, but I haven't found anything to cut up yet, so I'll, I'll figure something out. I got this uh, 3D printed motor that has all these like little, I don't know, the stringy bits. What do you call that, Kevin, when, when it kind of strings along the gaps and stuff? Uh, stringing? Yeah, stringing, I guess. <laughs> and I want to I take the rotary tool with the little standing wheel and just kind of sand everything down and make it look all Now, the stringing, the stringing you can knock back with like some heat. I used the rotary tool just recently on the guitar I was building, man. She built mm. the guitar, dude. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about refinishing one of my Ibanez's, the uh, RG5, whatever, 350, 500, 550, I forgot what model it is. But um, it has like this weird textured, bumpy, black, matte finish, which is kind of cool. But I don't know, it's kind of getting old now, just because I've had the guitar for like 10 years now. So I'm thinking about refinishing this guitar, sanding it back down to the wood and, and you know, doing something else for the paint job. But nice. eh. This is an RC podcast. Let's talk about RC stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so let's hear George. How's your week been? It's been really good. I uh, I spent a few days down in Dalton, Georgia, with uh, with Daryl Sprayberry, the scale guy, and uh, watched him make some molds and kind of learn how to how nice. they do that. And it's really neat how you know they start with a bunch of foam and build a plug and mm-hmm. and then figure out the best way to break up the mold to, to get everything where it's as where it will release as easy as possible. But mm-hmm, it's sure. fascinating to watch that. I mean, you have to think, you have to look at it and think like backwards, I guess mm-hmm. for everything to come out. Right. But, uh, they've done so much him and about three or four other fellows were down there and they just take off like a week at a time and go down and 
stay with him and work on projects. Right now, they're finishing up the molds for a huge, huge Stuka. I mean, it's it's crazy how big this thing is. Hmm. I think like I'm thinking like a 112 inch wingspan. Wow. Yeah. And it'll be so, electric too. So I'm curious about the mold making process. Like, so you're taking, you said they take foam, right? Like, you know, whatever big cores, cores right. of foam or whatever, and they start shaving it down. So how accurately do they model the foam plug? What he usually does is he gets like, you know, as, as large a scale model, plastic model as he can. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's good for several things. If he likes the decals, you know, he can just scan the decal sheet and have, have somebody print them out in vinyl. Right. But, but uh, he gets all of his measurements. You know, he'll build like the fuselage of the kit and mm-hmm. get all of his measurements, his contours and everything like that. And I mean, it helps if you're a, you know, a really, really good machinist and, and um, sculptor, I guess. He's, yeah. all, he's all of that. You know, he builds all of nice. his own mechanics and everything. And mm-hmm. um, but it's just fascinating. That big uh, Sikorsky I've got, you know, he, he carved it out like that, and um, he um, makes his own molds. And he's got he'll like make a different nose if you want a different model Sikorsky. Same way with right. like a, a Yui, if he'll make a one mold basically for the main fuselage, and then he'll have s- several molds for the top piece if it's going to be a two twelve or just an early Yui or a four twelve, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's just fascinating to see you go after you kind of get an idea of how he's making it. You can look at his molds and just, it, they look like something that's been produced by, you know, some major corporation or something, even the right. outside, even the outsides of them looks really nice. But, so uh, how deep, yeah. how detailed does he get with it? Does he get to like, okay, you know, he's marking out windows and kind of cutting the windows like. Oh, absolutely. All the yeah. panel lines, all the panel uh, lines, really yeah. rivet details. I mean, it's, wow. It's amazing, but uh, the ones with rivets are a little bit harder because you know you still have to sand it a little bit, mm-hmm. and when you're trying to sand around those little rivets, it's kind of hard. So I think you, yeah. I think he prefers really to put them on by hand. But the big UE that I'm really wanting to get started on for me, um, it's already got the the rivets in the mold. Well, it's so cool. just just a fuselage is about nine feet long. Wow. I don't know if you can find mechanics big enough to put in there. Nine I mean, feet long. Yeah, he make he makes his own. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean he uses some components that are standard yeah. and stuff. But uh, as far as like the side plates and all the bearing blocks and all that he makes transmission, the gears like the yeah. belts, trying right, to right. stuff. Yeah. It's all yeah. custom made. Oh man, we gotta get him on the show and talk about that. That's gotta be yeah. Yeah, we can do that. But uh, it's just got a neat place. He's got, you know, really nice house. I'd say mm-hmm. upstairs and downstairs. I don't know, thirty-five hundred square feet. And I mean, it's packed full of airplanes and helicopters. Wow. I'm talking. Wow. He's he's got a big hind that's got a turbine engine in it. That's just unbelievable. It's huge. Nice. But uh, went down there and stayed a few days, and we always go out and eat real good. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, good time and then i've been working on some projects i've got a as 350 helicopter that i'm trying to uh, cram a synergy e7 into <laughs> nice 
Yeah, it's been fun. I, what I'm doing is using the Synergy front part, and I'm going to the, – the tail um, – the tail rotor assembly is so big on that thing. If you've seen the E7, it's just like yeah, it's diesel. Yeah, it's strong. Yeah, it's huge. Mm-hmm. So I, what I'm doing is grafting a, a T-Rex tail section on it, and going from that square ended shaft into a a line shaft on the rear, so it mm-hmm. so it'll fit in the fuselage better. But uh, that, and then uh, got a few five hundred kits i'm trying to put together for some scale fuselages mostly stuff to trade on and i've i've been in the, still in the process of switching out all my axons for for the icon 2 brain twos nice. so yeah i just want to get everything standardized and let's see yeah i took spanky with me he had a good time down there except for one day i i uh I went with one of the other guys to Lowe's to pick up some of the board they use for the batter board on these moles. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't think about it, but the other three guys came back to his house and I was, I wasn't with them. Oh Spanky, no. <laughs> Spanky, Spanky was sitting there in his chair. I'll tell him to stay in his chair until I get uh-huh. back and he'll sit there for two or three hours, and not move. But, uh, when I, when they came back, they said he was looking at them, like counting them like one, two, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Jeez. And, uh, so yeah, that scared him a little bit, but, uh, he's such a good traveling buddy. He's a little, uh, mountain vice, kind of a little bit like a Jack Russell, but not so hyper. Yeah. But, uh, we had a good time and, uh, I was trying to think anything else. We've got Siri going on. I don't know what she's doing. I'm saying something. (laughs) Serious cat, he's she's listening to all your conversation right now. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. You can just you can dream about something anymore, and it'll come up in your Facebook feed. I know, it's crazy. I think that's it, though. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Went down there by myself. First time I've been down there without taking Steve Hodges RC Jet, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Spanky's just not as good a conversationalist as Steve. Kind <laughs> of missed him on that trip, but uh, <laughs> it was all right. Yeah, at least Spanky knows when to shut up, right? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. All right. I guess uh, let's move it on to our main topic here. Okay. Yeah. To go or not to go? That is the question. But I didn't write it as a question, did I? I wrote it as a point. (laughs) All right. Uh, So what are we talking about? Events. There's a lot of events that happen in the U.S., um, and as you know, I mean, we're still in winter, but a lot of the planning stuff is starting to go on, and we're starting to see, you know, uh, people post their fun fly, you know, the flyers or the posters, or you know, kind of uh, right. giving shout outs to sponsors and dates and stuff, saying that hey, you know, this person sponsoring or this company sponsoring, and all this cool stuff that's happening, trying to build up the, you know, um, the word right to get people excited for the event, so. What about events that are, you know, that are going to happen soon, you know, makes you want to go to them? You know, that's kind of like the first question I guess we have here. Mm-hmm. So you want to go around the table and kind of just see uh, see what you guys think? Sure. All right. So, Kevin, you go since I heard you say sure. <laughs> what uh, What is it? The first question we have is what about the events that are on the calendar that makes you want to go uh, yeah. to it? Jeez, man. I'd say for me, uh, if I've been there before, like 
uh, mm-hmm. Fredericksburg. I love going down there, man. I just have such a good time. You know, and it's all community-based, really, all my decisions, mostly, I guess. Um, I know that we're having our free fall one again this summer uh, at the mm-hmm. Allen's Airfield, uh, which is such a great place. I love going down there and supporting Mr. Allen, you know, going down there yeah. and saying hi and telling him thanks for letting us come down here and do this event. And, yeah, I mean, I'm sure um, everybody knows that most of the most of the anything we take as pilot fees, uh, you know, go to him and his uh, museum. So it's great to support him that way. You know, I enjoy the the camaraderie, the community. I love flying, you know, whether it's helicopters or uh, airplanes. Yeah. There's some that I wish I could go to, like Flight Fest. I'm not sure how that's going to work out this year. I'll probably be in the other Ohio um, for Urcha. I mean, I is that around the same time or no? No, Flight Fest is usually earlier, right? Like July? Well, I, I, I don't know what I haven't seen the dates. Let me see if I can find them. I wonder if they're still. Yeah, trying it's to... usually mid July. Mid July. Usually, I don't know about. They this did do year. one in August. They did a flight fest in August. Yeah, I wonder if. I mean, we should. I'd, I'd actually, you know, I'd actually really want to go back to flight fest. Um, but like you were saying, like logistically, is it worth going there when we're going to go to another event that's going to take four or five days? You know, and and the cost of plane tickets and car rentals and whatever, blah blah blah. So, but I'm, um, you know, we did this a, what two years ago now, I think, or maybe yeah, two years, two, five years ago. ago, yeah, yeah, where we just went for that weekend, like a quick, like you know, we drive there, hang uh-huh. out, spend the night, and then drive back, like yeah, I I'd be down to do that again this year, just to like you know go see some familiar faces again and and say hi to those you know listeners and folks that are our friends that you know. We haven't seen in several years now. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And, you know, since you said that about a weekend trip, I mean, this is what specifically is whether I go to events or not is mm. uh, I don't have the days off that my wife does since she's been at her job for 20 years. She has two, at least two more weeks than I do. So mm-hmm. days for me to take off the job is is really, you know, what, what makes my decision whether I, I can go or not. Yeah. Uh, because she would rather me go with her on vacation than use my days and go by myself somewhere. And, but she did come yeah. with me to the uh, Winter Bash before it was yeah. the Winter Bash there, the last OHB. OHB, yep. Mm-hmm. She had some fun and then left. Was that a multiple day event? Yeah, that was, uh, that's kind of like yeah. a, it's kind of like a weekend, but they, they get started, I think, on Thursday, Friday-ish. Yeah, yeah it's usually Friday day, to Sunday, yeah. Oh, you're talking about Flat Fest? No, no, no. HB when he went oh, with yeah, yeah. his wife. Yeah. yeah, it's like Thursday to Saturday, basically. Yeah. Yeah, those those, those events are kind of on the smaller side. I mean, then that's kind of commonplace where you say, yeah, we're having an event Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you get a lot of guys that show up Thursday, you know, just mm-hmm. but the event doesn't start till Friday or something or Friday afternoon. Yeah, yeah Andy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry. You showed up. You showed up Tuesday. Yes, Steve. <laughs> what i I barely can make an event on time (laughs) but yeah that's what about the events that are on the counter that makes me go Mm -hmm. you know okay i'd love to go to all of them but i have this nagging thing called the job so you prefer you prefer prefer shorter events like one or two nights yeah that's yeah because that's what i can fit into my schedule yeah right like the weekend type stuff i mean geez last year i drove down to the mow down 
just that one night, man, just to hang out. And I had a blast, man. It was freaking awesome. I like to do that to check out an event. You know, if, if I'm not sure if I want to go for a whole week, spend that much mm. vacation on it, maybe do like you're saying, drive down, spend the night, sleep in the car or out on the ground or something and come back the next day just to see the, the grounds and, you know, kind of get a feel for it. Yeah, scope it out. Yep. So, Andy, what about you? What about the events uh, um, you want to go? Okay, so time of the year kind of dictates mm, whether really I right. can or can't go. Mm-hmm. But as far as deciding of one I would like to go, probably the people that are going to be there is probably the number one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know the guys I want to see or or that I know, and or not that's see. probably the that's the biggest decider. Yeah, like I'll take a a crappy field or venue, but if all my the, you know all my buddies are going to be there, then I'll have a good time anyway. Uh, just like if you go to the greatest field in the whole world, but if there's no one that you know there, I would rather go to, to I'd rather go to the event with all the guys that I know. Cause yeah. I'll even, have a good time. Even, even if there is a power line over the runway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> even if the power line eats your planes and helis. Yeah. But so I guess the people, is probably the biggest decider, but then okay. I'm in, I'm in the, the being in my profession, the, the time of the year plays a big role in whether I can make it or not. Right. And, but it's not always a complete absolute. Like last year I was able to go to spring fling, which is normally completely off the table, but the weather cooperated where, you know, we got rain for a couple of days here at my place so I was free. So I was able to go up there. I made it a short trip. I went from like Friday night to Sunday morning, but mm-hmm. I still got to attend. Yeah. Right. That was awesome. Yeah. What about you, Steve? Um, so for me, I would say it's definitely the people. Like, I like to know who's going to be there. If, like, you know, I have folks that I can like, you know, really hang out with and kind of yeah, just chill. Exactly. Um, I would say secondary to that, it has to be the field for me. Um, I, I like to fly at nice fields and, you know, like I fly at a decent field, but it's not super big. Um, so it's usually like one pilot at a time kind of deal for helicopters. So <clears throat> I like when you go to a field that's like, you know, big, like South Jersey is a good example, right? That It's a runway. It's a, you know, a private small airport, but it's since it's a runway, it's a very long field that you have a lot of room to fly and a lot of people to fly at the same time. Um and yeah, I would say really that's the two major factors on that and overall distance, right? Like how much yeah, how much sure. driving do I have to do? How sure. much time I have to take off? Do I have to take a plane or can I drive there and things like that? Um, I think definitely, I, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I think distance and time play a, a factor no matter what. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not going to go to a one day event that's 12 hours away. Right, right. I'm not driving. Yeah, logistically I'm, too too difficult. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, beyond that, like the time off stuff, it's it's not too much of an issue for me. Um, the timing also too, like if there's like I know like, you know, if it's like my son's birthday, <laughs> like I'm not going on a fun flight that weekend. Sorry, you know, like same thing for my daughter's birthday or my wife's birthday. Like I know like there's certain times, you know, or holidays that really. About your you birthday. 
Yeah, well, my birthday, it's my birthday. And <laughs> I already got the uh, the angry looking okay go from my wife. So as long as she said, sure, go, I'm going to go, you know, whether no matter what, I guess. Um, Did you record her? No, no, I don't have to record her. She, she has a better memory than I do. I'm She'll be like, I, I told you to go. Just, I'm just wondering <laughs> if you like, got her to yeah. sign a contract or anything. I don't really should have a little, you know, prenup. <laughs> I'm I, I made to go to any fun play on my birthday if I want to. Uh, <laughs> Steve, you know, you know, sure, go is I dare you to go in wife speak, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, she knows that she she can't dare me because <laughs> I will go. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> you know, I might be in a doghouse for for a couple of weeks after, but you know, I'll make it up. It'll be fine. Um, yeah, yeah, totally worth it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's really the main thing. Um, what about you, George? I guess distance is is probably what would limit me more than anything. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm just I, I usually take the big bomber RV, and it's great for a, you know up to about a six hour trip. But after that, it just it's, it's it really wears on you. It's like driving a double wide down the highway. Mm. You know house down the highway and yeah. of course fuel consumption is pretty bad mm-hmm. i could probably stay in the nicest motel around for what it cost me in fuel oh but, yeah absolutely but i like i like having my own place you know mm-hmm. when i go there yeah, everything's the right field. where i want it you know i keep my flying clothes and everything in the rv so basically i just have to put airplanes and helis in it and go but i, I do like long events i like to go and get set up and when i set up i mean i set up i've got you know, tons of tables and canopies up over everything. And um, we usually have something where we can play movies on and and uh, have plenty of food. So, yeah, distance, I, I usually try to stay within about really about four or five hours. Mm-hmm. Joe okay. Niles, Triple Tree is about, it's about a little over three hours, about three hours and 15 minutes for me. Then down in Dalton, Georgia, where they have the Southern Scale Challenge, that's about three and a half hours. But um, good highway. Urcha, or going up to Nephi. Nephi's always on my wife's birthday, so I hate to go up there for that and miss her birthday, but I have. <laughs> but, uh, man, that's a long haul up 75, and that road is always just so rough. Six hours and 50 minutes. I just looked it up. For you, your, for, no, from your house, from my house, yeah, yeah, it's not too awful bad. I, I'd say I'll be there this year, and then I guess after distance, like you guys said, it's who's going to be there. Of course, the Nall events, you know, Joe Nall and Nall in the fall, mm-hmm. pretty pretty much everybody I know will be there at, at most of those events. Mm-hmm. The, the yeah. scale, the scale deal, I'm kind of new into that, so. Uh, I only know probably about a dozen of those guys, but um, really good crowd. I, I've not met anybody yet that just wasn't fantastic. And um, I do like a nice facility. Yeah. I, I usually, when, when you go to Nall, you've got power. You can get water, but I usually just fill up my, my tanks. And I like having the nice uh, – shower houses down there they've got two really large shower houses bathrooms and um, that makes it really nice you know every night we'll all load up in the, in the mule drive down have a good hot shower and 
be ready for the next morning. Nice. And it's a it's a nice place to fly, but you know, to me, I guess the least important thing about an event is is the flying part of it. Because I mean, mm-hmm. I fly at home all the time. I, I can go out here and fly anytime I want to, so it's not that big a mm-hmm. deal for me. I just soon sit around, meet new people, and talk about the hobby. And when we go to when we go to the NAL events, of course, we're representing Motion RC down there, and we've got all their planes and now helicopters, and we'll have some of the ground vehicles at, mm-hmm. at the next events. But that's always fun because people know us from Steve and I from all the videos that Motion does and. They know Spanky, he goes with us. Nice. And uh, it's just, you know, it's kind of our little 15 minutes of being famous, I guess. Pretty cool. It's, it was really flipped me out the first time somebody asked me to autograph their airplane. Oh, nice. <laughs> like, are, are you just kind of pulling my leg or are you serious? <laughs> oh, no, I'm yeah. serious. It's weird, right? As As you go through this hobby that the events you go to, you know, after the first couple of years, you're like looking forward to more of the community and more seeing the people that you know than actual oh, flying. absolutely yeah. i mean it, now it's 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 total chaos anyway there's so many people there and i don't handle that real well i'm, I'm glad they've got a lot of nice trails out through the woods they've got some uh, horse trails and atv trails so when it gets a little too much we'll we'll jump on the mule and go for a ride but but yeah you know there's a lot of people that that's the only time of year i see them is it either one or both of those uh, triple tree events and it's just like family it's like seeing you know your your great uncle that you only see like once a year when the family gets together or something right but yeah, uh, no, you made a very good point There's some of these events we only do see these people at these uh, like specific events so right. if we don't make it we you know missing them that this year or whatever right that year so. oh yeah yeah and if they don't show up it's like man you know yeah. you get you get to try to contact them hey where are you yeah. I wasn't able to come, but, uh, yeah, right. uh-huh. yeah. And just, you know, love camping out, having the RV there. And then, uh, you know, people will be set up around us in tents and other RVs. And at night we have a campfire and grill out on the fire most of the time. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's just that part of it. And uh, that's, that's what makes an event so great. It's just the camaraderie fellowship. And, uh, of course too, I like to always do a lot of buying and selling and trading at these sure. events. True. I, I love that part. You know, I'll trade just to be trading. You know, <laughs> just trade nickels. Guess, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just love it. Going, I like going and getting set up. We go, we get there a day before the gates open at Triple Tree. And since we're with the vendors, and, uh, get everything set up get all of our banners up, our tables set up. And then we've got, you know, we'll be there eight days. So we've got about six and a half days to just have a good time. Damn. That's awesome. We do that twice a year. And then I plan on going down to the Southern scale challenge for, that'll be a, about a seven day event. And, um, same deal, go down there and just set up and, probably be at the field the whole time other than maybe going out to eat a little bit. Does he have dates for that yet? Yes, it's the um it's in September. What is it? Labor Day? Memorial Day? Okay. What, which one is it? I get them mixed know. up. Yeah. It's one of those weekends. The bad thing about Joe Nile, it's always Mother's Day weekend. 
Oh, you know, right. Yeah. My wife says, I can't believe you're going to leave me on Mother's Day. Well, I'm like, you're not my mom. (laughs) Even though you take, you you know, you take care of me like, like my mom, I guess. But, uh, Mm, yeah, I don't know know that that's going to make it impossible. Well, I mean, it's just like, I think the first weekend, you know, and I mean, it's like Friday to the next Sunday. So, you know, a lot of people just come for a couple of days. I mean, yeah. people come from all over the world to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy. So that, that's what I like about them. The, the, the facilities, the bathhouse, being able to get food in, you know, if you want to order something, have them deliver it to the gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that helps definitely with uh, making a decision go. So I know we kind of spoke about distance and I, I'm just the only reason I'm bringing it back up because, you know, I, I recall when I first started going to events, it was like, you know, I went to Rockland County. I went to Brooklyn. I went to Seaview. You know, they did their Brooklyn flight air. I went to South Jersey, um, you know, my club's local one. Right. And like, you know, when I first started, like the first I would say, I mean, Kevin, you can you can probably agree to this. That we kind of first went to just more local ones. I mean, besides the Ohio one, I know that that's the. I think that that's the only exception is when we went to flight test and NEF out there. But usually it'd be like a very small, like I would stay kind of local, especially with the helicopter events only, right? The heli only events. And as I got more into this hobby, I noticed the events I go to are further and further away, right? So it went from like staying in New York, New Jersey, and then going to now it's like, okay, now, you know, we do Ohio a little bit more often. We went... You know, we go to Virginia more often now, you know, and, and like Maryland yeah. and like, you know, like uh, not Maryland, it's Delaware, right? Helly's over Delaware. We used to go to a couple of times right, and right. it's like it's starting to span out. And now, like, I mean, now I'm committed. I'm, you know, I'm going to go. I'm committed to go to, you know, freaking North Carolina to go to a fun flight. It's like, <laughs> you know, and granted, it was like kind of like, you know, this whole like. Um, event was kind of handed to me on like a silver platter like what you just have to drive to Maryland and then what you'll drive me the rest oh this is awesome <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah. so uh, you know it, it's it's definitely weird that like these events I'm starting to spread out further and further you know I'm, oh you know Orlando heli blowout the 10th year I went to that too so you know and and Homestead I was gonna say Homestead's probably the furthest yeah 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 yeah, right. That's that's basically Miami, like the tip of you know Florida. Yeah. So, you know, and it's just interesting that like, oh, what have we been in the hobby now? Like six years, maybe. Um, yeah. You know, it's like we're very we're like really spreading out and and going and like I you know probably probably not this year. I mean, I might try, but I'm looking to like try to do uh, Las Vegas or San Diego or go up to if they do RCHN again, you know, to do something up in Seattle or Washington state, you know, it's like, I'm really starting to branch out. And and then maybe the year after I'm, well, let's, you know, maybe not to go fly, but I'd love to go to global 3d, you know, I think that'd be awesome to just go and, and spectate and check out the trade show and all that stuff that they have over there. That would be cool. So, yeah. You know, so let, so the distance, right? What what's the furthest you've gone to for a fun fly? Let's let's ask each um, that question. So well, Kevin, what's the furthest me, you got? Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, go go, George. Yeah. I, I was gonna say, I guess Muncie's the farthest I've been. 
So Indiana, okay. So AMA yeah. headquarters, AMA fields. Uh, nice. And yeah. what is that like distance wise? What would you say that would be? Seven six hours. and a half. Yeah, six and a half, seven hours. Okay. The furthest uh, I've been is up yeah. north to this horrible state of New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. Gosh, I can't it believe we have to come up, up here. Now, what God, what, what bunch of assholes that pushed yeah, you to come up here, huh? Too. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah they, just, we drive too hard. fast, you know. It's hard for us Southerners to get it up over that Ohio River. I'm telling you, it's just. It, it costs me like $100 in stupid toll fees to get in and out of Maryland. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. We don't have tolls down here. So I'm like, what? Yeah. You're like, it's $4 what? for what a car this? and it's $20 for four axles. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So what was that, like 12 hours for me? Yeah, that was a long one for you. Yeah, 12 yeah, miles, you say, farthest. 12 and a half. Yeah. Second farthest would be Orlando, but it, it's like 10, 10 mm-hmm. hours, I think. All right. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, dude, aside from going to all these great fun flies that we have in the great state of New Jersey, <laughs> dealing with the Jersey devil and every dickhead that has a driver's license on the Jersey Turnpike. Oh. And I don't know, who's who's had more, what states had more songs written about them in a more positive way? <laughs> Than New Jersey. That was sarcasm. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think the furthest one I've been to now is, uh, well, you know, Florida is probably furthest in miles, but uh, I didn't fly there. Just went there to say hi. Was already down there, you know? Yeah. For the blowout and the winter bash. I'd say it's probably Urcha. It's got to okay. be, fur- it's further than Ohio. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Ohio is about seven hour drives and Urcha, I think it's like 10, yeah. 10, 11. Yeah. Yeah, definitely 10 or 11. Yeah. But I wanted to say something about distance, man. You know, you brought up the fact that we we went we used to go to a lot of um, closer ones when we first started. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still like going to the close ones. Don't get me wrong. You know, oh, yeah. yeah I, I of freaking, course. I, I love going down to Allen's, and I, I really have a good time at our field. You know, mm-hmm. we have... We have dozens of, you know, they're not fun flies, but they're like event flies that we have, you know, or, or yeah, event. club events, yeah, yeah, and and they're they're great, man. We in the summertime we have at least six or eight of them, you know, with a night fly and with a planned event on a Saturday or something like that. Yep, it's great, but I don't mind. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't consider distance. Like I don't know. I've always driven down to Florida. My mother moved down to Florida early '80s or late '80s. It was. You know, early on, I had no problems driving that distance by myself. So driving doesn't really bother me. The driving doesn't bother me as much as being that far away from home, my home base. Yeah. You know, I kind of like to have my back against the mountain. And, uh, yeah, I always I'm, feel like I'm kind of like out on a mission when I'm away from mm-hmm. home. I mean, for me, it's it's interesting because it's the exact opposite. It's not the... Uh, the distance away but like for me i can't drive long distances i just i mentally get fatigued and i you know i've been driving where i'm like i have to pull over i can't drive anymore and it'll be like five hours in <laughs> like i can't do this. <laughs> you know like yeah. I, i'm falling asleep i'm dozing off like coffee ain't doing shit five hour energy ain't doing shit i'm you know slapping my face you know while i'm driving with the ac blasting and the windows down and still i'm like i could feel my head nodding and I'm just you like, just I can't, can't sit still for that long. That's your problem. Maybe it? that's why. Well, Steve, at that point, the really good hallucinations start to happen. And you got to realize <laughs> that they're hallucinations. Ah, see, that's how you got to embrace it. I got to embrace it. Yeah, dude. 
<laughs> oh man, you know, and it's funny <clears throat> because like sometimes like you know, Kevin will be driving and he'll he'll drive all the way to Ohio seven hours, and out of that trip, maybe I might take a nap or if I'm excited, I won't. I'll be awake, so right. it's not we'll, like we'll shoot the shit you know? the whole time. Yep. Yeah, we'll we'll listen to some podcast, shoot the shit, bitch about you know these free fall guys talking shit about everyone, you know, and it's like <laughs> it's fine. I can do it. So why can't I do it when I'm actually driving? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'll just like, Kevin, you got to drive. I can't do this. Driving <laughs> does take mentally. It drains you. It definitely does. I mean, I've, yeah, and I don't have that much mental attitude in the first place. So uh, no, what capacity no, can I have? I, no, I didn't mean it like that. I mean, it was, you know, <laughs> there's more of a mental exhaustion to it. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's what it is for me. It's all I mean, mental. Dude, like, I just get tired. I've done the on-call thing where. I've been up 24 hours and I'm driving home and it's just like, and then I get another call and it's like, or I get to sleep for two hours and I'm banging and then they're calling me again. It's, it's, I've done that where I've had to turn back around just over the years. So I guess I'm in a weird way. I'm kind of used to it, but mm. uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's strange. What I wanted to mention was I've had it where your body's trying to tell you, dude, you got to go to sleep. You got to get some yeah. sleep. So you start getting these like phantom earaches and your nose gets clogged up and you know, it's like your body's trying to tell you, you need to go to sleep. Yeah, and when close you your eyes and more. pass out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. It's funny what your body will do to you. You know, when, when you, when it needs something like that, it's funny. And, and I think it's a lot of it's mental too, but, but, uh, oh man, I've, I've driven some distances, dude. I mean, straight through. Yeah, when I got out of the army, coming back from Kansas, I drove twenty four hours straight to come home. Um, I did from Jersey to Daytona Beach one time in a weekend. Like drove down there on a Friday night and drove back on a Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, when my sister was moving down there, uh, that was insane. I showed up at my mom's house Saturday night at six p.m. I think it was. No, yeah. Oh man, I can't remember now. I didn't know you were in the army. I appreciate your service to our country. Oh, thanks, George. And that was strange leaving because they they had told me at midnight on August 15th, you're going to be able to sign out and leave. And on about 9 a.m. August 15th, they said, no, you're done with all your processing. You can leave now if you want. And I had already I would, was planning on getting sleep and going getting up at midnight. And I had already been up at like 6 a.m. So I just got in the car and started driving. And by the time I got to my house, it was like 9 a.m. the next morning or something like that. It was weird. I remember uh, just putting the miles behind me. That's that's one thing you just got to do. You can't stop a, a lot. You just got to put the hammer yeah. down and keep trying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree. We used Some to do a Route 66. We used to do a Route 66 trip, and we would take like 16 days to do it. So, well, that's yeah, that's that's great yeah, doing we'd, that. You know? We'd only we'd only drive like four or five hundred miles a day. That way, we could see a lot of stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, you could stop every night. wasn't wasn't really bad at all. I know for for some reason, this is a total side tangent, but when you're on a motorcycle, and Steve probably will attest to this too, for some reason, it takes a lot longer when you're on a motorcycle. And I think it's when you're with the guys, you just stop, shoot the shit. I don't know. It's you're always it's just, stopping. I mean, you have a, yeah. what, a hundred mile range? You yeah. know, so That's you have yeah. to stop for gas all the time. Yep. You know, and then you stop for gas, you stop to shit, you stop to eat, you stop to shit again, you stop for more gas. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, you know, before you know, you're like, fuck, we only, we're still in Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. We've know? only done 20 miles. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, 
you know, but boy, those 20 miles were fun. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it is good though. There's trade off, obviously. But no, mentally, I don't, you know, I don't know. Thinking about this topic, I, uh, distance wise, that doesn't really buy. It's more time. Do I have the time to get there, you know, and mm. back uh, because of my schedule and stuff like that? Come on, retirement. Uh, I'm see. I'm looking forward to retirement, but I'm not looking forward to the fixed income. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I've never uh, been to any events where people weren't friendly, but you know, I, I would think that, like when you go down to Triple Tree, everybody's just so helpful. All the volunteers about you know, if you've never been before, they tell you what you need to do and everything. And um, I don't know if there's any events where you come in that's kind of like you know, they don't even appreciate you being there. I, I I, that would probably be a one trip only for me if I went somewhere like that. Well, I immediately thought it a neat fair. Only in Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's neat New York fair, State. Yeah. Oh, neat. that's New York. Really? I joke. Yeah. I mean, dude, I've gone well, up there a few times and never even flew anything. I just went up there to just like watch the planes and, and have some fun with some of the guys. Okay. So think about if you went there now and say that you didn't fly helicopters but you flew planes like you fly your helicopters you just want to go out there and fly and have fun like mm. do you think you know um kevin do you think you would want to like you would have the same experience that need as you as the flight test folks did or you know or like they complain about too many people on the f- standing next to you or something like i don't know i feel like those little things would irk me well it's probably the reason i i haven't gone back up there because i have no desire to go up there and fly anything um, mm. you know, our fun, our field is great. I, I, I would rather go down and hang out with our guys down at the field, man, that, that, that I have a great time with every weekend, you know, mm-hmm. but if I did go back up there, I mean, I would respect what they wanted you to do. I would think, yeah, it's kind of weird that, you know, this one forty-five minute segment you're having combat, it's a free for all. And then you're back to super strict rules right after that. I, that, I thought that was yeah. a little strange. Right, right, right. They were flying everything up there. It's a, it's a nice, it's a really nice venue. You know, it's um, kind of tucked in the mountains there. So it was a nice ride up there. It was only nice. a couple hours from my house. And, you know, the at the time, the vendors were up there. I think Hobby King was up there and uh, a lot of the bigger vendors. So, I mean, that's, um, that's yeah. another reason we can add to the list. Yeah, you know? that's, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of vendors. That's, uh, yeah. Especially if they've got a lot of old junk. You know, there's a lot of vendors down at the Triple Tree events where they'll bring tons of, you know, old airplanes, old helicopters, uh, just tools, you know. There's just about anything you can think of there, whether it's a little foam uh, profile 3D plane or, a, you know, a 20 foot long F-16. So, and, I'll, and I'll tell you, like the, some of the stuff on our list that we're going to go over. A lot of it, I really was like, nah, it didn't really make a make make a difference to me when I was reading them. Uh, but mm-hmm. something that I would love to see more is more vendors at events. You know, when yeah. I, when I go to events, just because it gives you something to do, you know, break it up and walk around and look at things. You might pick yeah, up a good check deal. out new stuff. Yeah, I mean, there was a, who was the guy Luke uh, Luke's RC or something. We used to get good deals mm-hmm. from him, whether yeah. he was at NEF or whether he was at Flight Fest. I mean, we. Well, had, Got yes, some good from him. it wasn't from him. It was from his mom because his he mom. was passed out. Yeah, <laughs> sleeping on the chair during you know <laughs> during the event. Yeah, but I like that. I like when you know. Okay, so Horizon Hobby has it for like 
you know, one twenty nine, and and the guy at the event will sell it to you for like a hundred bucks. That that that's yeah. really cool. I think I'm getting a deal, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, I've picked up a few things that way. Who's the Who's the guy that we used to buy all the stuff all the time from? Um, ah, what the hell's the shop's name? We go to Neff, and it'd be Luke's RC. It'd be this other one that they made their own planes, but also sold flight test stuff, and also sold um. Oh damn! You know, like. I, yeah, Dan. What's this company's name? What's Laser Toys. Laser, Laser yeah, Toys. Laser yes. Toys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like it was great. Like I like seeing Dan and and um, West West Park, Michigan flyers. Like I like going to Neff a lot for the vendors. Even though like I don't really fly planes anymore, and I, and any helicopter I fly I end up hitting the wall or the ceiling. <laughs> so I don't I don't really fly too much there, you know. So but like every time I go there, I'm like, oh, I want to check out some shops, and I I like that. I like that. There's like these hobby shops that go to these events because, I mean, to be truthful, we don't really have hobby shops here anymore. Not the none that carry any air stuff. No, yeah. and and none that would show up. Uh, there's not. I don't know of one in Jersey that would show up at an event either, like that. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Our local guy wouldn't wouldn't do it. Definitely, definitely not. Oh, Kenville? No, no. <laughs> he doesn't have anything to sell. <laughs> Except for this big train thing he has in the front window, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah. I mean, so the next question was, was I'm I'm kind of tweaking it here. So, do vendors and sponsors help you make your choice? Like, you know, if they're going to be there, you know. I think I'm going either way. If they're if the mm-hmm. vendors are there, I think it's great. Okay. Um, sponsors, though, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, you know how people are like, oh yeah, you know. Scorpion sponsoring, Lynx is sponsoring, BK Hobbies, you know, and all these hobby companies that are like sponsoring these events and stuff. Um, does that like change I have, anything? I have a thought about this. Yeah, let's hear. Um, it. it doesn't affect what event I go to whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And as far as vendors, I feel like we're getting fewer and fewer vendors yeah. at the yeah. events anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as and sponsors, it really doesn't make a difference to me uh to go like i'm gonna go anyway but i do take note of sponsors that support events that i go to and if i see someone that supports a lot of events i go to then i'm gonna do the best i can to support their business so like if if you know company a sponsors events and i see them at two or three events and company B doesn't, then I'm going to buy from company A. Mm-hmm. Very valid possible. point. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's for sure. That's definitely I, I, my I do that. mindset. Yeah. Especially if they, you know, support a raffle or something like that, that, mm-hmm. that uh, the proceeds go to a good cause or something. Yeah. Yeah, no, like for up, sure. Like up at Niffy, it goes to a local animal shelter. That's, oh, that's nice. That's a really good thing to support. I don't even mind if they if it just supports the local club that's running the event. I think yes, you know absolutely. that's dying off too a little here and there. So it's good that like these clubs are still staying alive, you know, with events and whatever, and like supporting the hobby. Because they're supporting the hobby both ways too, right? They're letting just folks come to their field and fly here, and you know, and and they're like and, giving you the venue for to meet all these people in the hobby and stuff. Right? And some people may not realize it, but it. it Depending on the size of the event, it can cost quite a bit to do an event. Mm-hmm. For sure, you got to yeah. get porta potties. You got to 
you know, if you're going to provide food or, or this or that and mm-hmm. rent um, construction lights. There, yep. there is definitely cost involved in these events. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some people may not realize. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, li- I like an event I don't have to work. I enjoyed, <laughs> you know, Andy, the event you had last, I guess it was last fall. Yeah, August, yeah. Yeah, late summer. Yeah, that was uh, that was a really good event because all I had to do was just show up and fly a little bit and hang out. Yeah, and you weren't far from home. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't yeah. get any anxiety. Yeah. He could still see the mountain over in yeah. the distance. <laughs> yep. Like it's still behind me. I'm good. <laughs> I could get home on one tank of gas. Yeah. Nice. What were you about to say, Kevin, earlier about sponsors? I think no. I cut you off. Well, Andy, you make a good point about, you know, making a mental note of the sponsors. And, you know, we are always mentioning, you know, the the big time sponsors that, that can, uh, you know, show up to an event and donate a helicopter or give away a helicopter. And and uh, you, you want to turn back around and you want to support them, you know, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, a shop or if it's an actual, you know, brand, brand or, you know, yeah, manufacturer of of like a, uh, a motor or a helicopter or frame, mm-hmm. anything like that. Absolutely. Nice. What if Tron's uh, sponsoring an event? <laughs> uh, then I'm just going to, I'm going to get my 3d glasses and go see legacy again. <laughs> and I might just kick it. it off the table and keep going. I'd be like, that's not a synergy <laughs> or an oxy. <laughs> no, I don't think that would ever happen though. Yeah. Oh, not around here, um, yeah. but vendor. I mean, like like Andy said, you know, it doesn't doesn't it doesn't make my decision to whether or not I'm going. It's uh, I definitely take note of the sponsors, and it's great if I see vendors there, you know, so I can look around and yeah. maybe find a deal, you know. And like George says, man, when you got guys selling you stuff, that's even better. I, that's that's kind of like some of the events I've been to, you know, in the past six years. It's great to see that, you know, guys yeah. selling stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely take note of the sponsors that sponsor events, um, and like like you're saying, and it does not make any difference. You know, you can say there's no sponsors, you can say there's a billion sponsors. It doesn't make a difference. Uh, right. If I'm going to go to the event, I'm going to go to it. Um, one thing I do take real big notice is, and I'm going to shout them out because I think it's worth it. Is Shannon, like he brings mm-hmm. his mobile hobby shop with him. You know, to these events, and uh, you know, obviously they're mostly on the East Coast and like you know, Mid Atlantic area sure. or so. Um, but it's awesome that he supports not just the event, but the pilots, right? The people that go there and like try to, you know, they crash, right? They they need parts. Like I've gone there and I've never like, you know, before I even fly, I'm like, okay, Shannon, I need this, this, and this, you know, so right. I can fix my helicopter so I can fly. Right, he'll bring it. You don't even have to pay shipping yeah. or or yeah. wait for shipping or anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, between that or just him having a parts in, in the trailer, you know, makes it really nice to have that part support um, yes, at the right. field, you know. And that's the reason you want to. That's the reason you mm-hmm. want to support him is because he's yeah. basically keeping a lot of people going during the fun fly, man. Mm-hmm. And some yeah. of these smaller vendors, you know, that's I know of a couple that go to these big events down there at Triple Tree, and it's probably twenty, thirty percent of their yearly sales. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you know, if they miss it, the, the year that it got rained out, I mean, it 
it really it hurts. hurts some of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So kind of let's uh, shift it a little. And so what about pro pilots, right? Like, you know, the top of the top, the one percentile of these hobbyists, you know, that have been in it since they were a kid and basically been flying their whole life and are amazing pilots and amazing people. And, and you always, you know, like, you know, do they affect your decision on, like, do I want to go to this event or not? You know, because... Ben Storks will be there, Kyle Stacey, Robinson, you know, just naming just a whole bunch of, you know, you know, pilots, right? Like Bert Cameron right. and, you know, Matt Botos, like all these people are going to be there. Like, do you like, oh, man, maybe I should go to this event instead of a more, you know, maybe a local event that don't have any pro pilots? I would say not anymore. I was going to say the same thing, man. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. It, it doesn't really matter now. Mm-hmm. But I've seen all these guys and met most of them. Sure. So, you know, it doesn't matter to me now. But somebody that's new in the hobby or a year in or something, yeah, then, yeah. yeah it can definitely make an influence. Because, I mean, you, you want to meet that guy or you want to see him fly. In person, right? Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. All right. I remember the first time I saw somebody that was really, you know, a really good 3D helicopter pilot. I was just speechless. I mean, I couldn't believe that you could do that with a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd only been back in the hobby just a few months since, you know, I was like 12 years old and had an old uh, profile plane with a uh, gas motor on it. But um, yeah, it just, I'm like, do, do you remember who it was or where you were? Yeah. It was up at JCRC. Um, oh, okay. I can't think of the guy's name right now. Klaus. Okay, like yeah. The guy that Krauss? flew for Compass. No, yeah. he was a he was a dude that flew for Compass. I don't think he's in the hobby anymore. But yeah, I don't. He's into motorcycles now. I think last I heard. But but um, and you know, looking back, he may not have been that great. He was probably really really good. But but uh, at, at the time, you know, all I'd seen with a helicopter is somebody doing circuits with a scale helicopter or something. Mm-hmm. And. Um, you know, he took off, and then all of a sudden, womp, womp, womp. You know, it took me about 10, 15 seconds to realize he it wasn't just totally out of control, and I could stop running. <laughs> right, right, like he meant to do this. <laughs> yeah. Same way with 3D airplanes. I remember the first time I saw a um, guy took off, and, I mean, the wheels had barely cleared the runway, and he went inverted and went straight up, and same deal, you know. Mm-hmm. Missed the rest of the flight because I was running – Away from you so hard. <laughs> like, that's not normal. That's not how it's supposed to fly. Get away. <laughs> Doing those rolls with the wingtip almost brushing the grass. Yeah. Crazy. Or stuff. when they just like, when they just like waterfall it and just like snap it and just do a maneuver. It's like, whoa. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Andy, nice. let me ask you this, dude. You said, yeah, and I'm in the same boat you are, where it, now that I met these guys, it doesn't really matter. You know, I've been to Fun Flies, but they're not there. I, I wish they were there, but they're not. I'm still having a good time. Uh, what if there was a, a pro pilot that you haven't met that you really wanted to meet? Mm. Would that make a difference? Uh, maybe, but probably not. Like, see, I'm thinking from my point of view, like if Tarek was coming over and was flying somewhere, wouldn't you want to go mm. check him out, man? I would, I, I mean, would do what I could to, yeah, to try but and check I him out. I think I would too. I wouldn't bend over backwards. I mean, yeah, it'd be cool. It. Yeah, it'd be cool for sure. I wouldn't go across the country. 
No, but, I don't know if I'd go across me. country, but I'd try to make it to Florida, you know? Yeah. If he was going to that or something, you know? I, I mean, possibly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it interesting. It's, you know, getting into the hobby, like, in, you know, it's a lot of YouTube videos and a lot of watching people fly that are, you know, all the pro pilots fly in videos, right? And then you start seeing them do it in real life, and you're like, whoa, this is amazing. Um. But, like, I don't think it was ever, like, it's this person I want to see. It's more like I want to see this type of flying in person. Mm-hmm. And then once I saw it a lot, and, you know, we see it a lot now. Like, there's a lot of good pilots out there that yeah. aren't even pro, once right? you've seen it 50 times, it yeah. loses a little bit of luster. Yeah, so it's like, it's like you know, I, I wouldn't, it's like, oh, you know, cool. There's going to be all these pro pilots there. A part of me is just like, okay, doesn't really matter. You know, like, that's cool. I'm still going to have fun or I'm still not planning on going or I am planning on going. Right. Um, so it doesn't change anything decision now, but I feel like it definitely did when I was younger. And it wasn't because it was this person or that person. It was more just that, like, I want to see some crashes or I want to see, you know, some well, flying, you, on, flying on the deck kind of stuff. Right. You, know? you want to see stuff that you've never seen before because yeah. yeah, there's not that many people in your club that fly or, you know, yeah, you yeah. might be yeah, the best no pilot at your club. Sure, but, right. Mm-hmm. You know, but then you could go to a, an Urcha or an OHB or Winter Bash or something and see the quote unquote real pros fly and really throw down, and you don't get a chance to see that every day. Yeah. And I'd so, add to that, dude, that, you know, you if you're a new pilot, if you're getting into helicopters and you're new in the hobby, definitely uh, go see a pro pilot oh, absolutely. fly, man. Because oh, it's absolutely. nothing like on YouTube, and it's no, almost yeah, like definitely. your first car. I don't want to say anything else, but uh, where you, <laughs> you you will remember the first time, yeah, you saw that that pro pilot fly. I'll never forget Ben Stork flying in Vegas when I saw him fly. I was I was blown away, man. I was amazed, mm-hmm. and I had seen it on YouTube, and I was like, yeah, whatever. But then when I saw him yeah. fly, and I, I just it's jaw dropping when you see it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like a variety too. You know, it's like with airplanes. There was a, a, a Horton, you know, the big wing type World War II German bomber that they designed but never really got into production. There was one of those down there at Triple Tree about, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Maybe it was there last year. But to see that thing fly was just unbelievable. I mean, huge. And two people, you know, there was two different radios. That, uh, that they used to fly this thing. Really? So I like, that's, you know, and I like to see all kinds of different planes and helicopters. I guess that's why I like the scale stuff more because you see so many different things like some yeah. of these helicopters that, you know, like the, uh, the ones that lift up the Connex boxes and stuff. And then you've got some of the water droppers and, and uh, it's just, I do like a variety. I like to yeah. see different things, you know, and, you know, in a good crash, you know, you see a, a turbine-powered jet that's 20 feet long smack the runway and burst into a huge fireball of black smoke. <laughs> Disintegrate. Like, wow, <laughs> there went $20,000 mm-hmm. down the drain. Or the ones that just fly off into the woods. Yeah. Just, and they're just gone. turn off your radio and just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Well, 
All right, the next one, it's a, I don't know, it's it's one of those ones that I'm like, really, that's why you go to these fun flies, um, pilot raffles or raffles in general. Um, not you know, anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, but do do they change? Like, I guess, I guess let's let's talk about the 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 early days and then now, right? Because a lot of the stuff is like not anymore, not anymore because we're we've we've experienced it enough times so that it's not you know special anymore, right? So. Right. Like pilot raffles aren't special. Pro pilots flying at these fun flights aren't special. Sponsors aren't special, right? But, but now, like you know, so in the beginner days, like pilot raffles, right? You said not anymore. So did did that matter? Like if you heard that they're gonna have all these raffles and kits for you know raffle and all so this stuff. I don't know if it made a big difference about which event to attend, but it was definitely more exciting. Okay. Yeah. Like it's have, exciting have to to have the chance to win a kid or or something mm-hmm. cool. Most of the events I go to, though, I I can't, you know, I can't be in the raffle right. because I'm there with the vendor. Yeah. But uh, Motion usually does some good stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the raffles it it doesn't draw me to an event, but it draws me to products. A lot of the glues that I use, um, I, I, I got some, uh, I won some of these, uh, some different kind of glues up at Nephi one year, and now I use them all the time. Yes. And I'm, oh, that's you know, a good I, point. Yeah. I, I, might not have, I might not have ever, you know, known Try about it. the company if I hadn't seen it, but now that's about all I use. Interesting. I've tried other stuff, but it was good. Yeah. Now, same way with batteries, um, roaring top batteries. I'd never really heard of them before some of these events and, um, you know, Solomon giving them away in a raffle and, um, I didn't even win one, but I thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to try those out. And I, I like them. I, I use them in most of my stuff. You make a good point, George. Like, um, there's only, I was going to just say that there's only one place I've ever been lucky and that's the craps table. So I, I don't usually win anything <laughs> anyways. I just have some fun and, it doesn't make a difference whether I don't know. I kind of do miss it if it's not there, but I don't know if I, you know, if the event's going on. There's been times where I don't even go over to the piles raffle because I'm having too good of a time right. or I'm talking to somebody right. else. And that's what happens to me anymore most of the time. If I'm at at an event, you know, another like say the Hobby King raffle at Joe and All, <clears throat> most of the time I'm busy and never get up there. Yeah. Mm. I think it's yeah. good. I think it's a good thing to do. It, I, it, I think if it's the, your only reason you're there or if there's, you know, if you're sour, if you don't win something, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. that's that's, that's like, you're sour about what you want. Oh, yeah, yeah that's like, stupid. It's but like, those on, those dude. people are just they're just not good people to start with. Yeah. So true. they're never going to be happy no matter what you do. Yeah. Oh, you mean complaining about something that you actually win? Yeah. Yeah, didn't yeah. win the right thing. Or I remember one, I remember that once. That really irked me, and it was you know it was my fun fly, but it really irked me when I when this person did this, complained about it, and very loudly too, which during the during the uh, raffling, I was just like whatever. Anyways, um, to me, I you know originally it was cool, like oh I have the chance of winning something, um, but like that was like the first two events. After that, I was just like. I can't be bothered. Like I always, I 
mm-hmm. always miss the raffles now. Like, I don't even know about them. Like, I just, I, I don't know if I just tune them out. But I just, to me, like, they don't mean anything. So I don't even bother. Like, I'll, I, even if I buy raffle tickets or even if I get the raffle ticket from, you know, from the pilot, like, signing up and, and all that, the pilot registration, um, I, I don't pay attention to it anymore. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's It makes no difference to me. I think it's actually more of a hindrance when they're, like, you know, trying to get everyone and, they're like, really bugging people to get everyone around the table, which I understand why. But it's just, like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's like yeah. if it's if it's there and I catch it, I catch it. Yeah, I want to hang out with the people. I want to fly. I want to see some good flights. I want to see some good crashes and and the camaraderie and you know bullshit and just talk shop with with folks. That's, yeah, that's why that's that's a good part of the event. The pod raffle is just a it's just fluff to me. Yeah, I mean, but I do take note, just like the sponsors and vendors and stuff. I do take note who. Um, you know, usually, like who donates stuff for that? Because a lot of that stuff is donation based. I mean, some some raffles are done through like the the you know um the club will buy like a kit and and then raffle it off. Um, but yeah, I do take notice when like you know someone donates a kit, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a shout out because I think it deserves a shout out. But the event that we're going to to chill out, they're yeah, gonna have in the news. Oh, do you? So then you want? Should we just save it for the news then? Yeah, yeah. We'll, just well it doesn't matter. Talk about it now. We'll talk about it again, anyways. But um, yeah. So there's several um, you know, Gowie kits being raffled off for the chill out, and there's a Protos Nitro, which I think is amazing for XL Power MSH to um, I guess it's just really XL Power, but to mm-hmm. to you know donate a kit like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, so big props to Gowie and big props for XL for doing that. Mm-hmm. And you know, and the chill out's a small event. Like you know, did you go last year? Yeah, I've been to every one of them. So how many how many attendees usually? What like fifty? Uh, yeah, 40, 50. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a super big event. It's no, not a no, hundred no. plus or anything like that. No, no, no. You know, so to to for these companies to donate to a smaller event like this is. That's Very awesome. big on them, and, yeah. and you know, and and we as hobbyists should take notice, you know, whenever companies do stuff like, excuse me, do stuff like this, because it's very important that they're not, they're seeing some benefit, you know, um, even if it's just a shout out, seeing some benefit that you know their efforts aren't going to deaf ears or just you know to people who are gonna win the kid and just freaking take it and turn around it and sell it. That's yeah. the worst. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, it's the worst. You know, but turn around. And, and I understand some people doing that because, like, you know, if you don't fly 700s and you win a 700, you know, like, then to outfit that 700, it's it's a lot of money. So maybe people don't have to fund, so they'd sell it, right? You know, there, yeah. there are reasons why people do what they do, but um, but I think it's it's huge for Gowie and XL Power to do this. It's, it's a big, you know, thumbs I won up for my... Uh, 516 at the first chill out. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. I think I think Craig won his uh, produce at a in an event. Yeah, I think I remember hearing that. Yeah. Really? I like it. I like it when kids when they have a lot of like little trainer planes with little UMX things and mm-hmm. and the kid and the kids end up winning them. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think one year um, 
at Rochester, Rob, uh, you know, McToon, Rob McClellan, he won like a little quad, a little Inductrix or maybe a Nano QX, one of those things. Mm-hmm. And he goes and turns around and he's like, Ron Rakeel's daughter, you know, she, she was like seven or eight at the time. He's like, here uh, you go. Fly it. Have fun, you know, yep. which is awesome. Uh, that, like, and I'll, I'll do that also. I was mm-hmm. going to say, if you win something that you don't need or something, then the best thing to do is give it to someone that does need it or can use yep. it. Right. Don't yeah. turn around and sell it. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's I remember, just my opinion. Yeah. You know, and it happens. You know, I remember one year, um, this person that I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say what event or what, but I will say the product. It was a V control and this person won it and they don't even fly. I don't even know why they were in the raffle, but they don't fly. And this person, this person won it. And then basically it was like, so who wants to buy it? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, uh, I understand that it means nothing to you because you don't fly. And like, you know, it's like, what are you going to do with it? But, uh, you know, at least wait until you get home. Yeah. Don't make it it so public. Right. Like, yeah. You know, it looked bad. Well, hey, yeah. a, a positive story is uh, that guy Lynn Cummings who donated the helicopter so we could, uh, you know, raffle it off. That was amazing, man. And this was a raffle raffle. Like, this was back when, um, you know, back in the days, <laughs> back in the days, <laughs> when, uh, when you know, these certain <laughs> Facebook groups would do raffles. Right. And and when they would do the raffles, you know, we were, you know, Lynn Cummings was lucky to win it. And he turns around and says, I don't fly these small helicopters. There's a Proto 380. And, you know, he ended up donating it to the podcast, which we gave it away. And I'm kind of upset about this because we get, you know, someone won it. I don't I forgot what the person's name was, but like we never saw nothing about it once once it, it got to that person, you know, and I'm sure it's just either sad or they sold it. And I just feel like, ah, oh, man, you know, when you win something, you should like give back a little. Yeah, when there's some pictures or you know something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'll tell, tell you something I've done when it's been a raffle. We were in an event one time and it it was uh, to raise money for uh, supplies for soldiers. Mm-hmm. And I won something that I absolutely didn't need, didn't want. So I just said, you know, hey, let's do a little auction here, and whatever whoever bids the highest on it will put that money back in the, the raffle fund for the, the event or yeah. the, you know, the, uh, for the donation. Yeah. The, the cause. Mm-hmm. And that worked really good. And, yeah, that's and not a bad idea. actually a couple other people did it and we, you know, raised even more money for the supplies for soldiers. So that was, that was yeah. good. That's awesome. Man. And, yeah, and it's probably like maybe a $40 item and it ended up bringing like 50 or 60 bucks just because of what it was going to. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, yeah, and Andy's been saying, you know, a lot that he takes note of vendors and, and, you know, sponsors and stuff like that. And we've all said it. Uh, I don't think we're the only ones that do. I think a lot of people in the hobby definitely do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They take note of who's doing what and support them any way they can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we're not the only ones. Yeah. But I'm sure there are folks that just go to these events and they're like, you know, they're just basically hoping to win something to make a buck you know i don't know i i think there's there's definitely different sides to this you know and don't want to get in the weeds about it but yeah i mean i'd say um, 
go play bingo. You're better, better chance doing that. Better <laughs> chance of winning that in a weekend, you know, than one product. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. And then, so I have one final question that I've written down here and we can obviously, you know, go from here, um, however you want to do it. But, uh, how many events do you try to make in a year? Like, is there some type of set number or like you calculate the amount of vacation days and, and like events you've done last year and try to at least do something like that? Like, um, does that have any type of factor? It's a good question. It, it doesn't really for me. I mean, I can go to them I can go to them mm-hmm. type of thing um I don't try to beat my record of events from last year or anything like that you know no yeah no yeah <laughs> I just try to uh support what I can you know mm-hmm. I have some must go to's but then it's like I guess if I can work in some of the other smaller ones yeah, yeah that's the way I am yeah yeah like I have our event that's definitely a must go to Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I enjoy going, like I said, I enjoy going on to uh, Fredericksburg, anything that I can do like on a Saturday or a weekend type of thing, man. I enjoy doing that. Uh, and I don't know. We, we really didn't touch on this too much, but man, I can throw a tent in whatever I got in the, you know, as I got it ready to go. It's in a little rigid box, rigid case. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, I can make a weekend then anything really, if yep. it's, if it's close enough, it's just, you know couple hours or whatever and mm-hmm. i kind of enjoy doing that you know i do three I, events here at the house so and they're usually like a friday saturday and sunday event one spring fly-in fourth of july and then the fall fly-in and then of course we have you know little fly-ins once a month or so twice a month maybe three times a month sometimes but little stuff so those are times that and it seems like there's always other cool events going on that I missed because of those. But then Andy, he started one this year down in Morristown or last year now. And, um, I swear it's one of the best ones I've ever been to. I absolutely had a ball spent too much money, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I probably, I spent more money at that event than any event I've ever been to and only bought one helicopter. <laughs> Just one thing. Yeah. One so, yeah. Chunk. But he bought a 50 pound, 10 feet long heli so yeah 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 right george do you have a a club that that meets at your your place or is it just something you you do on your property yeah it's kind of y'all that it's uh tired iron aviation you know if you're uh if you want to check us out we've got a facebook group and that's all it is tired iron aviation got about a thousand members and but we we do have a bunch of local guys but we have guys that come up from down in georgia florida i've had guys come from texas nice. but are you like an ama club or are you just like uh we're probably going to become one uh, yeah i've been holding off on that i do ask that people that everybody that comes and flies here on a regular basis has an ama mm-hmm. yeah, but um you know if if people we we have a lot of new people that come and, and want to learn how to fly so what we do is i'm still a an instructor ama instructor so mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get them the, you know, the temporary until they yep. see if they're really going to like it or not. And then, mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, if they're going to continue in the hobby, uh, if they fly here, I, that, that's, that's one thing you have to, you have to have your, your AMA membership. Yeah. You have to be safe somewhat and you have to have fun. That's the main things that we, uh, want to do here. But, but yeah, we've got probably, 
I don't know, Andy, what do you say? Probably 30 or 40 guys that are pretty regular. And then. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, that's great. Yeah. We, we try to make sure everybody has a really good time, you know, good stuff to eat. And whether you've, you know, some, some of the people that come, you know, they, they might drive from, up from Newport, which is about an hour away. And that might be a big spin for them, the gas just to come up. Right. So we're going to make sure they have a good time that they, you know, make sure if they spend the night, they've got a place to lay down and uh, make sure they've got plenty to eat and drink. But, um, yeah, we, I, I support it all. And, you know, we do have work days where some of the guys will come up and we'll, you know, like yeah, when we out. built, yeah, when we built a new patio on the hangar out here, we've got a nice patio that's covered and, you know, top half of the wall is open where you can see out. So the families, you know, if the wives don't fly and some of the kids don't fly, they can sit out there and look out and watch us fly. And it's nice after dark just to sit out there and hang around. Nice. Uh, that's kind of what I want to do here. We've got a few old full-scale heli- uh, airplanes that are derelicts that sit around the property. One's a gate guard and got one to let the kids play in, still got all the controls and it still mm-hmm. has the elevator and rudder on it. But, uh, yeah, I just want to have kind of a aviation-based theme park here. Nice. Awesome. Cool. I don't know. It's kind of the same. Like, there's a bunch of staples like the staples of like events that i like to go to um you know but i'm i'm starting to like really want to like i'm trying to offset some events like you know the frederick bergs events right like the, the fall and spring mode on uh, the, the spring mode on the fall wait spring fling and small, fall, fall mode are yeah. the two are the two events that i always try to make um in the virginia area right there's always the jersey ones i try to make but like um this year i'm kind of changing it up a little like you know, I want to do. I think I want to do Joe Nall, and uh, you know, and I'm not committing to anything yet. But like to do Joe Nall and then have Spring Fling a week after, uh, or vice versa. I forgot which one's before. I I just that's not gonna work. Like you know, I can't do two weekends where I'm mm-hmm. not only really taking the time off. That you know, the time off is is starting to become not an issue, but like I gotta be more mindful about it. But um. Really, it's like being away from the family that long because I'm, you know, it's like every weekend I'm away, like my wife has to do everything for the, the family and, you know, I contribute a lot to this family. So it's like, you know, it becomes double, you know, double the work for my wife. And then also it's a pain that like, you know, she just has to do everything. So, um, and I got to be considerate of that, obviously. And then the kids miss me and Hunter's at an age where he's like, daddy, daddy, don't go. I want you, you know, like even going down to work from home and he's upstairs like he constantly wants me to go and hang out with him but i'm like i gotta work i gotta have my separation right now because i have to work and concentrate on work so you know things like that it just makes it more difficult to go um a lot but i want to make the ones that i do go even grander right like like urcha you know last year i think i flew out what did i fly out was it thursday i think we yeah. flew out thursday yeah yeah, Thursday afternoon. Like, I don't know. I think this year, I mean, I'm going to find out when you go, Andy, but I kind of want to get out there as early as possible. So, you know, if you're telling me you're going to be there Tuesday, I might try to fly out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, like going to North Carolina, right? This is an event that I've never gone to. And I'm like, shoot, all my peoples are down there. I want to go hang out with them and, 
you know, run amok and do what we do, right? Like, do all the crazy shit. <laughs> so I'm run like, I, yeah, I got to go, you know? <laughs> like, I got to go with 450 challenges. I want to, like, battle. I want to combat. Like, I want to do that. So I want to go um, and hang out and stuff. So, like, I'm going to make my way down there. You know, there's, like I said, there's definitely a West Coast trip in me. I, I'm going to try to plan one. You know, maybe not this year, but, you know, maybe I don't do the Virginia trips and I just go out west for a trip but like do a nice big long trip right so it's kind of a balancing act um but yeah i mean i try to at least make two or three big ones uh big-ish ones right like you know mm-hmm. distance wise cost wise you know where i have to spend money oh and then like a, oh you know maybe about a handful of the more local ones that are easier to get to and cheaper and more like uh, a day or a, a short weekend trip instead of an extended weekend so mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean that's my plan for this year. We'll see how that goes. Cool. Uh, yeah. All right. Did everyone else say what they want to say? Is there any other questions you want to throw into the mixing pot here, or we want to move it on to the next uh, the next section? We can move it on. All right. I don't think we have a planker episode, do we? No planker. Ooh, no to the planker. No moss. Oh. <laughs> All right. Then let's go to. News and announcements. News and announcements. All right. What do we have? Speaking of events and whatnot, I want to mention a couple of the big raffle stuff that's at the chill out. February 7th through the 9th. Through the 9th? 7th through the 9th (laughs) at RCHO, Nottdale, North Carolina. And if you've never heard of RCHO, you must be living under a rock or something. Because everyone should know about it. Yeah. Um, what? Where is it? Uh, Nightdale, North Carolina. <laughs> the other side of Raleigh. Well, I know Gosh. George lives under a rock. The other side of that rock, George. It's too far. <laughs> it's too far. It's too far. Yeah, it's, it's about six hours from here. Yeah, yeah. But I uh, spoke with Walt and anything Haley. Dave up at Anything Hilly mm-hmm. is a Gowie dealer, and he cut him a really great deal on a couple of NEX6s nice. that they're going to put in the raffle. So that's two 600-size kits. Damn. Two? Wow. And he just announced that, like we spoke about earlier, a Protos Nitro. Wow. I didn't even think they were out yet. Like, I know they're, they're on pre-order. They're but... not out yet. Yeah. But Chris Nutt is bringing one to the event, and they're going to have one to raffle. So that's pretty awesome. From what I heard, there is a caveat to this raffle. Okay. The Protos want, one, yes. They want, yeah, the Protos. They want it to go to a Nitro guy, and I support this 100%. Well, I like that. It makes no sense for someone that doesn't fly Nitro to win this heli and then yep. sell it or put it on the shelf for six months. Yeah. Well, somebody that can build it and get it flying, you know, in a reasonable Relatively amount of close. time. Yeah. Yeah. So and it makes I, sense, right? Yeah. I support that 100%. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. This, and, this, mm-hmm. and since it's not out yet, I mean, that's going to be kind of, you know, their demo. Yeah. Get this, thing, get this thing built and get it in the air. And yeah, sure. Whoever whoever wins it can talk about it, post about it. But that's, yeah. a, that's a huge, I mean, that's a big kit that's a pretty awesome thing it is watch scott graham win it 
You could be the very first one to have one. First consumer. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think so. Nice. We've got some news from Revelatrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you may or may not know, the Power Labs have kind of been out of stock and not really know what's going on with them. Really hard to find one lately. And we heard that they were working on the Touch, which uh, is a is a power lab that includes a bump controller built in. They had to go back and rework some stuff and make a few adjustments. But now they are finally out, and they're taking pre-orders. And I think I saw somewhere April delivery. So taking pre-orders now for April delivery. This is the dual dual power lab eight touch the power lab eight touch the dual power lab six touch and the the regular power lab six touch cool so if you need a charger maybe check those out i do wonder i didn't see them on their website i wonder if you i don't understand why they discontinued the regular power labs like if you want to use a bump controller and run two dual power labs to get four channels and bury that in a big ass case. How would you do that now? Uh, two chargers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're going to have to have two chargers with the face of it being exposed and two different bump things. I think you can, um, like tell one charger to use the other because you can plug in a, Oh, yeah, but that's like, a waste of it is totally a waste of cost too right how much is yeah, it more yeah um exactly hold on they still have the cell pro power labs do they yeah because you've not been able to buy a deal power lab for a while now yeah and i'm sure they still have the gt series too right yeah but the gt series doesn't work with the bump oh it, it doesn't support the bump okay. so you can still buy a power lab eight but you can't get a dual power lab Okay, so you have to buy four chargers instead of two. Yeah. Uh, eh, you know, okay. It's uh, doable, though. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, I'm glad to see that they're finally uh, back in production and available to order. Yes. There's been quite a lull for a while. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're pretty fantastic chargers. Yeah. That's what I have. Uh, I think you have one, don't you, Steve? Yep, I have a dual power lab six touch. Yeah, nice. You remember Nightwave Systems? I do. The LED yes. lights uh-huh. with our uh, buddy Ross Cooper Smith. Yes. He made an announcement, or I guess Nightwave Systems, mm-hmm. on Facebook, and he said, um, uh, "I know a lot of you have been waiting for some news, and we're ready to let the cat out of the bag." Uh, as everyone knows, they didn't get enough to launch their Kickstarter last year, enough interest, enough numbers. So they went back to the drawing board to f- broaden their audience. And they looks like they have, I guess, made other options available with the controllers mm-hmm. and the software. Mm-hmm. And their aim is to relaunch a universal kit suitable for almost anything. So RC helicopter, main blades, 325 to 800, RC helicopter body lighting, RC planes, especially foamies, quadcopters, etc. Mm-hmm. So looks like what 
they're doing instead of just offering a blade kit they're offering a universal which is you know i guess however many sets of lights or whatever and the the programming and stuff to, to make them useful on a an airplane for mm-hmm. instance or the uh, fuselage of a heli or something like that instead of just the blades so yeah. my question and you know with ross listening he can email us let us know mm-hmm. is at what price point because my issue is like a, a helicopter person right will will spend like i don't know let's say a hundred dollars for the kit mm-hmm. right a foamy airplane flyer might spend twenty dollars for leds right. like i don't think they would spend a hundred dollars for leds when their whole plane costs 80 bucks Mm-hmm. So I'm curious on like if this is a universal kit, what is the price point that you're going to try to make that will make it enticing for the wide audience that you're trying to make this for? Mm-hmm. So I don't see how it could be all that much less. Unless I mean, I don't remember what it was. It was a hundred some dollars, I think. Okay. I mean, there were a couple different kits depending on the sizes, right? size of blades. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean. Well, let me ask you this. What was the uh, kit from the Night Radiant? What did that cost? Oh, I don't know. On its own. I'm, I'm looking it up now here. Yeah, look it up. I don't think it was that much. I think it was like 60 bucks, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like a $60 50, kit. Fifty nine ninety nine. But uh, I, sh- I should add, I'm not sure how much he wants me to add. I'm not going to say too much because he asked me not to say too much. Uh, but he messaged me uh, a couple of weeks ago and gave me a little demo said that he uh, did a test on it and he had full control while he's flying uh, of his mm-hmm. lights and he can change them. Uh, so there's, there's other caveats to it. It's not just like set it and it forget might, it. Well, it, it would also be way more programmable than right. the light rating kit. Like you would have control over the pattern and the colors and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if this made its way into the, the production model, but yeah, he did message me and, uh, Said that he had some control from his phone with the lights. I, I'm I'm in the air about the Wi-Fi stuff. I don't want more 2.4 gigahertz flooding our uh, transmission band. You know, no, no, uh, not that. Um, just that when you go to program, it's over. It's a Wi-Fi programming. Could be. I don't know. It, we'll have to see what's in the pro. Uh, made its way from the prototype to production. Right. Yeah. I could see. I could see maybe some. Uh, light kits for the the body of Haley's to do like the way Ben Stork did his night rig, mm-hmm. right? Program out to to the music. I assume you'd be able to do something like that with this type of setup. With a lot of the NeoPixel type stuff uh, and the programming that I've done with the Arduino, and I don't know if it's related to this Nightwave system or not, but uh, you know, you tell it how many LEDs you have. What's your longest pattern? What's your longest strip? And then uh, if you branch off from there, it makes that determination as that it's the same, you know, route. Yeah. If it wise out, it's just going to do the same pattern. But um, maybe he made it more user friendly where you don't have to go into the Arduino programming. You can just add, you know, I have a 90 LED strip, you know, is my longest one. And Yeah, I think he built his own controller that you can simplify the addressing of the leds right that right. we have to do in software right if and i could be totally wrong here ross please correct us yeah. if we are 
but the way I had understood it with the night blades, he had a software interface and had the controller where it was real easy just to say, Hey, I want these, this color and these, that color and flash at this frequency or, or whatever. Yeah. So it would be much, much more user friendly than yeah, doing so it all yourself. A, yeah. Writing Arduino code or yeah. object, mm-hmm. objective C code. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, anyway, so, it's pretty neat. Yeah. It's cool, and they have a they have a picture on Facebook of um it looks like a flying wing, like when them I don't know pancake wings or whatever with two vertical staves with all these LEDs on it, mm-hmm. with a, a slot and prop or whatever prop and slot. Yeah, it'd be interesting because you know the Radian looks great in the air, and there's like certain patterns that look amazing, certain patterns you can you probably like, yeah whatever. So it's good to like you can do that plus so much more with this, you know. Yeah. Right. It definitely looks like a step I'm, up. I'm really interested in the price point because that's going to make it or break it, in my opinion. Even the other a, markets, you know? On a plane, I don't know if he's has this capability yet, but I'm sure it could be added. But on a plane, what if you could sync it to music as well? well I'm you sure know, you so could, you're right? Flying, you could, you know, do a routine or something. Yeah, yeah, if you could sync it and then all you have to do is have an RC trigger, you'd be good. Right. You could do that, yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing some like um, the big like 30, 40% airplanes with LEDs, mm-hmm. all like rigged up and doing like a 3D routine with the lights. I think that'd be pretty cool. Especially yeah. if they're balsa and like they can put the lights inside the balsa before they, mm-hmm. you know, wrap it or whatever and have it like, I don't know, just shine through everything. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Yeah. Let us know, Ross. Uh, you know. See, uh, yeah, and if, let us know if you want to come back on the show and talk about it. Since uh, you're gonna have a, you're gonna try to kind of, I don't know if they're gonna do a Kickstarter again, but just widening with the wider audience, mm-hmm. or or if they're gonna just be like, we got this, let's start selling them. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear some more updates on this. Yep. Cool. We got a ton of news from Carrie Shirley, gas-powered yeah, helicopter, and Dennis. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and Dennis as well. Um, yeah, I forgot about Dennis, um, blackout mods, synergy, six, nine, six conversion. He's working on it now. I mean, the more of these, the better. So what I say, yeah, uh, Carrie has completed the V2 update of his whiplash mm-hmm. turbine conversion. And, uh, this will convert the whiplash nitro V2 with all its, uh, stuff to a turbine model and he, he, uh, it's on Facebook. Uh, he says, if you're not familiar, blah, blah, blah. So a few things that are different from all the current production turbine models, uh, the turbine body faces rearward and is completely protected neutral CG with fuel tanks, full or empty, no change during flight and 62 ounces of usable fuel. So, Considerably more fuel than the the production uh, whiplash, as far as I know. Uh, stainless steel tanks uh, exceeded AMA requirements for burst and puncture resistance. Drivetrain is standard whiplash parts. Fuel weight is carried along the boom line for better roll performance. Fully aerobatic. Uh, it's a conversion from a whiplash nitro V2. 
And he says he, these are not in stock. They make them to order. The d- demand is not very high. Mm-hmm. You can order one or get in contact with Carrie at gas-powered-helicopters.com. Uh, it looks pretty cool. I don't understand how he's getting the CG with all this stuff behind the main shaft, but. Well, I mean, look at the canopy. Yeah. What about it? It's five it's pounds. Like, no, it's like four inches forward of the helicopter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. The turbine motor is sitting behind the main shaft and the fuel tanks are in line with the main shaft. So what does he have an eight pound battery out in front? I there? don't know. I don't know, but I don't know why the nose. I mean, I don't want to knock it because, it, yeah. you know, but it it's interesting. It definitely will have a higher CG than the than the others. With the oh, yeah, the, the, the tanks are kind of weird too. That they're like just kind of strapped onto the side. Yeah. But I'm interested in actually hearing from Carrie about this. Like I, I'm, you know, I'm sure that just went through several type of like you know designs and like thoughts on like mm-hmm. how to get this to work. So. Well, he's had the he's had the conversion for the the, the Whiplash right? Nitro, but that model's kind of been out of production for a long time. So I don't think it really went anywhere. I don't think he sold a ton of them. So this is kind of an update on that kit, is the way I understand it. And he does have a comment here. Someone asked the price. It's three ninety nine, including all carbon fiber frame parts, unpainted fuel tanks, fittings, and plumbing. Nice. Not bad you'll at all. Need, you'll need a, a, a Whiplash Nitro V2 helicopter, the turbine set, mm-hmm. bubble trap tank, optional rear pump mount bracket, and fuel shutoff. All your normal turbine stuff. It says it will be less expensive to purchase the Whiplash turbine kit directly. This is just a different approach. Yeah. Like you said, it'll have a little bit different flying characteristics with the high CG and mm-hmm. turbines probably a little bit more protected. Yeah, being in the back, I like Correct. that. Yeah. Awesome. Now, here's the one I'm interested in. Synergy G556. Mm-hmm. This is the latest from JC Designs and Carry Gas-Powered Helicopters. He's developed a conversion for the Synergy 556. That allows installation of the OS Max GT15HZ gas engine. Man. So I have a question about this. Okay. Could you potentially put a 91 in here? Absolutely. Imagine that. Man. One, <laughs> one problem. Fuel consumption? Fuel take size? You, yeah, you might only get three minute, minute. flight. But, yeah. Holy shit, three minutes. I mean, yeah. did you ever see any of the, the 570? Yeah, runners? dude, I flew one. It was insane. Yeah. It was like full uh, yeah. collective climb out. Blah, just, just went. Same thing. Short yeah. flight time, but, yeah. uh, you know, unbottable power. power. Yeah, the, the power to weight ratio was insane. Yep. I'm thinking stretch it to 600. You could stick yes. a 91. You might could, I don't know, put two. Header tank somewhere. Yeah, I was about to say, just put a header tank on each side. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just yeah. I just think it's like, freaking something. insane, you know? Like, oh yeah. man. Are you do this? You have a five five six, right? I do. I'm still parts. I was ninety five percent on board uh, when I talked. I talked to him about this in Florida, 
mm-hmm. the winter bash. Now I'm only 80%. Mm-hmm. Only because if I, I will have to get... Okay, so the they've updated this GT15 and fixed a lot of the problems. It, it had been kind of a problematic engine. Uh, hard yes. to keep cool. The cooling, yes. Low power. Uh, it just had problems. They've addressed a lot of those problems. And yes. Kerry says it sells it with an updated head that keeps it cooler and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it needs like a 10 to 1 oil ratio, which means I would have to have another jug of fuel just uh, for this. Yeah, that sounds like a pain in the butt. So the engine has a touch more power than a 55, but it's also heavier. So. You know, it's probably going to fly better as a 600 or a, mm-hmm. like maybe 570 or 600 blades. Yeah. So I don't, I wouldn't gain performance. I don't think I would, I don't know. It'd be cool just because it'd be gas, but then mm-hmm. I don't really want to, I mean, I've already got a nitro jug and a gas jug to keep up with. And I'm going to have another set of fuel to have to mix and keep up with. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm thinking about it. But <laughs> I've I've backed off a little bit here in the last few weeks when I really got to thinking. Sure. Like, eh, I don't know. Okay, here's one for you, Steve. Not really, because you already converted your Kraken. Yeah. I'm looking for another gasser. <laughs> Did I say that loud? Oh shit. Jeez. What do, what I, I, I don't have any budget to worry about. I can spend whatever I want. What? What? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Kerry <laughs> uh, says that he can officially say that JC Designs slash gas-powered helicopters is working on a Kraken gasser conversion. So he's got Joey working on it. Joey Chan, JC Designs. So I'm very interested in how this is going to come out because the Kraken is a very unique helicopter as far as, mm-hmm. like, weight and, you know, having the CG up high and stuff. So I'm just curious, like, you know, will it lose all the 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 cool like innovation that the the Kraken you know mm-hmm. has going for it, or will it kind of muddy the water like and make it like ah it's good, but now it's a you know thirteen pound Kraken, which then will fly probably not as well, right? So mm-hmm. to be honest, so hmm. we'll see. I'm very interested in see how this uh, develops. It's uh, hopefully he. I'm hoping he like sends out some tweet uh, teaser pics and stuff like right. keeps us updated and and as the process is going through. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because the Kraken, it's not an ultra lightweight heli to begin with. Mm-hmm. So making this, I don't see how you could get an ultra lightweight gasser out of it. Yeah. Which at that point, is it really going to be any better than the already Goblin gasser conversion? Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, will, will it be that much better? Right. Or, or right. Exactly. Like if I went, you know, neck to neck with my yeah. gas, yeah. like, would it be any better? Would I notice a difference? Right. Would it just be the same, you know, with different head maybe and different servo layout. Right. I don't know. Yeah. See? I don't either. Yep. So but we'll, as I said earlier, the more of these, the better. Yes, I agree. On that note, he says they're kicking around and evaluating the feasibility of the proto-nitro <laughs> gasser conversion. Nice. And some people know that uh, they had a couple 
protos gassers, but they mm-hmm. were using a like a prototype compact uh, gas engine. Okay. And it didn't really work out very well. So now they're looking at, uh, you know, the regular RC format Zenoa. Okay. Um, so that could be in the works in the future. No info as of yet. Awesome. But once again, more the more the better. Mm-hmm. I agree. Awesome. Gas is 2020. Oh. Yep. <laughs> and right. I will say, don't forget to submit your comments to the FAA. Yes. Uh, a lot of people are saying you need to write an original comment or yes. edit. If you use the AMA one, edit it to reflect your personal stuff, not make them all the same. Some are saying it doesn't matter. They're still valid. Some are saying it, it's completely wasted comment if you do that i don't know you know just take it edit it some would be fine or write your own either way just write your own i mean how you know take five ten minutes it can save our hobby it can you know if if, if you haven't listened to it the latest heliheads episode did a really Mm -hmm. good job bringing up some some good points some uh specific languages to uh to point out and offer alternative wording for and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good approach to take. Yeah. Maybe check that out if you haven't heard it yet. Yeah. And also give the AMA podcast a listen, episode 16 and 17. Um, Those those are very good informative episodes. Um, I I don't know which one was, if it was the Heliheads or the AMA one, but um, one of the things that they said kind of calmed me down a little from like, God damn it, don't take away my hobby. You know, that, that voice kind of, subsided it said like obviously these are these are petitions to make these rules and if fa had their right way they'll just apply all these rules to our hobby and try to ruin us but um as we fight back and and they are hearing our voices it seems right and they're making adjustments and working with ama that um you know these like this stuff's you know like potentially can come around in like four or five years it's not like today you know it's not tomorrow but we still do need to make a stand now and not tomorrow because, um, like yes. I said, if AMA had their way, they would just say, okay, all of these are now new rules that everyone has to follow. Right. And if if the, the AMA submitted for an extension to the mm-hmm. – to the Yeah, uh, did they get comments, it or no? I don't know. I haven't heard. But mm-hmm. if they didn't, we can only do comments to the end of March. Yep. Is it the end of March or first of March? No, and I thought it was end of March, like March 20th or some weird day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, that's plenty of time, but don't wait to the last minute either. Go yeah. Ahead, go ahead and do it. Just just get it over with. Get do it done. One, so that do way. one your wife's name. Do one yeah. your kid's name. Yeah, your brother, yeah. Open, your uncle, your open nephew. Open up 40 different email accounts. Go for it, just, man. Do it. Just, I mean, it, it's email so, so important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We really need to do this. Do it now. Yes, yeah. we need also Arnold back on the show. I'm just saying. We do. We need to get Arnold's thoughts on the FAA. I don't know what yeah. the hell he's been up to, man. You know what? We should find out. Um, let's, with him. Yeah, let's let's give him a, a call next week and um, right, for dude, next week's episode. He's in the government. Maybe he has some insight. Yeah, exactly. No, he's not in the Maybe government anymore. Well, not he anymore, was. but he was. He government? still got connections, right? 
Probably, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, shall we move it on to what's next for you in the hobby? What's next for you, Steve? I'm going to get that YS91 rebuilt, get that finished, get it into Black Nitro, and then buy some fuel off of Dan because I didn't buy any fuel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dan, uh, all this fuel I sold you, hey, can I have one back? Yeah, he said he'll he'll sell me a case. <laughs> what he's fucking to. So, yeah, um, you know. But yeah, until then, until then, uh, I think I'll do that. I do want to. Um, I I did plan on making like a nose for the barnstormer to kind of hide the motor. Um, I was gonna print out the three D print thing you had, but I was gonna try to carve some balsa and sand it down and stuff. Um, so I might still give that a try. I don't know. I I mean, the CG if I put the battery right up front, it's not too bad. But I I have trouble closing the battery hatch that I made. So so you know you, maybe. You why know. don't you make one out of carbon fiber? Been wanting to practice. Well, what I could do, oh, it won't add enough weight though. I'm trying to add weight. I mean, maybe. Well, I've seen you do composites. It'll add plenty of weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Half I can't deny that. Yeah, the amount of resin I'll impregnate <laughs> that thing with. Yeah, for sure. So maybe I will. So maybe I'll make a. I'll make two wooden ones, right? I'll make one that's actually uh-huh. like wood, one as a plug, and then yeah. I can use that to form the carbon fiber mm-hmm. uh, over it. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. That's worth a shot for sure. Worth um, a shot. Uh, Kevin, what about you? Well, dude, all this gasser talk and nitro talk over the last couple of weeks has got me motivated that I have to get this freaking program off the old neo that i have and onto the other neo that i have and get my damn logo going again yeah man i gotta do That's that like click save click load done i know <laughs> it's, like, it's so simple though neo yeah but i also want to make up a better battery harness for that thing and uh what else did i want to do i don't know there's something else i was going to do to it too yeah, might as well give it but a little no. freshen up. Oh, I got to fix my starter because my starter runs the wrong way. And then I have to <laughs> drill that thing out and tap it. Yeah. What do we drill what out? I have to drill out because it runs the wrong the other way. Uh, right now, if I was to use it, it would tighten. But it's not running the correct orientation. So I have to kind of drill it out and put a pin in it in the uh, the nut that's there or whatever. Or however, the that, starter cup? Yeah. Just buy it. Just just get a new. Um, just get the Sullivan starter one, and that just bolts right on. You don't have to worry about any of that starter cup. No, I think it's the actual. Shit. Yeah, I think it's. The, oh, you mean because it bolts right onto the shaft coming out of the motor? Yeah, you get rid of the starter cup completely. Yeah, but I might be using it for planes, dude. Yeah, you might. You might. You might. Who knows? Have you done it yet? I don't know. Just no. put some red. red I got another. I got another Dynatron with a starter cup. You want to borrow that? You can borrow that to start your planes in the, the future. In my mind. Yeah, I was gonna say your mind. <laughs> I don't want to be mean. I just want to. <laughs> oh, I want to give you the benefit of doubt that you will do this. No, so. I, maybe I'll do that then. I don't know. I mean, I yeah. was using my drill, and it was starting it, yeah, but I don't want to do that forever. Soon? Yeah. But it doesn't have the speed to get yeah. it going. So I got. I, I hope I'll try and work on that, man. I don't know. Cool. See what. Um. Right now I got the garage battened down and I'm not opening that door because it's so damn cold out. Oh yeah, man. But don't I got. It. I got it all insulated, so I'll be carrying the nitro through the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it, man. Nice. What are you doing, Andy? 
change the pinion in the whiplash gasser. Wait a minute. Is that copied from last week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Copied and pasted. Right. I didn't even put it on the table this week or last week. So I got well, you're too that. busy flying, so that's okay. That's it's right. okay. Fly. Yeah, you're flying, yeah. dude. <laughs> Anything else or just that? <laughs> no, just that. All right. Managing I don't want to ex- overextend myself. Yeah, you're yeah. managing your expectations properly. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, George? Well, I need to get some helicopters together. But I guess what I'm going to do next is not do something. I'm not going to buy any more helicopters. Mm, I don't until- believe it. <laughs> until yeah. I get at least a couple put together. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move it on to our voicemail segment. Okay. What do we have for voicemails? We have one from Saturday. All right. Let's play it. Translational. Translational. <laughs> Translational. 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 Yes, it's translational. Lift. Um, Bob, thanks. That's that's how Bob Heaster, I think. Oh, yeah? It sounded like him. Bob. Nice. Thanks, Bob. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, Bob. Bob. I always get stumbled up over those two, but it's translational lift. Translate. Yes. Translational. How it translates. Translational. Hey, but didn't <laughs> someone just email us? I remember someone emailed us. Yeah. That's what we were talking about the wind last week. Yeah. Flying in the wind. Yeah, we got a yeah. Yeah, we'll talk emails. Uh all right. Thanks, Bob. Uh if you want to leave a voicemail for the free for RC boys to play on air, call us at nine seven three. I'm not going to say it again. You can just hit that rewind for 30 seconds and listen to that again. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, wrap it up then. All right, man. Let's wrap it up. All righty then. We have Facebook likes. We are at 964. That's plus two this week. And we have two names here, which I thought one of them already liked it, but eh, whatever. We have... Thomas Mabry, I think. Yeah, Mabry. Um, David Smith. Awesome. David Smith. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I feel like David Smith already liked this. But... Cool. Facebook comments. What do we got? No, we got some comments on our interesting topic from last week Clone Wars, episode 208. And I didn't even think about this, but Wesley. Pennypacker said cloning is a big problem in FPV, especially when it comes to the frames. Um, mm, yeah. He says, personally, I really don't have a problem with people buying clones, but once you're in it, just like we were discussing, you know, once you're in it and you're still buying them, you're being a dick, he says. Um, <laughs> one thing people don't realize wrong. is that these cloning companies put nothing back into the hobby. Absolutely right. They don't sponsor events. They don't give anything back. Uh, some of the bigger companies in FPV have have done to fight clones is to lower the the cost of their frames. Um, and also companies use multiple Chinese vendors to cut their frame parts. So no one, com- no one company has the specs for the entire frame. Interesting. I mean, that's cool, but it's, it's how hard is to reverse engineer a quad frame? By oh, just buying. Yeah. If they can reverse engineer. I can do that with a paper and a piece of a pencil and a piece of paper. Yeah. 
So I'm not, I mean, that's cool that they're trying to mitigate that with some, you know, with trying to mix it up. But, you know, at the end of the day, anyone could just buy a kit and clone it, right? Yeah. Is there really? Never mind. Um, Ian, Joel said uh, to me, Kevin, the Blade 450 can fit in a line Hughes 500 uh, fuselage with some mods. If you look in the rear window, he, he has a picture. The raised mechanics are up about an inch, and he chopped about half inch from the tail section on the fuselage. It does mm. fly good, but it's a little added weight. That that I thought was really interesting, uh, nice. which I answered him. You know, hey, I was thinking about putting my Oxy-4 maybe in a 450 fuselage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be a 3D printed fuselage. We'll see. And Travis Savek said, I know... Joe Harrison was going to get some fuselages. My assumption he was going to try and put an oxy in it. And I had I had this idea back when I had the oxy three, um, the yeah. the tribladed head on that. I actually put it in my four fifty fuselage, and it was really close. It was just just wasn't enough, you know, on the tail to come through. It was probably like a couple inches short. <laughs> and if you want some good back and forth uh, between a couple of guys, you can read uh, Peter and. Angel Rojas going back and forth about uh oh no it's it's Peter and William Anthony going back and forth about the real threat to the hobby is remote ID and blah blah blah. Uh the entire yeah, Tron Synergy Saga, whatever. I wish they um would have sorted it in private. And then Angel wrote, How so? Specifically, just curious. And then William said the threat to the hobby is FAA's proposed new rules for remote ID. That's gonna kill the hobby, not synergy or any other coming trying to protect itself. Matt already tried to sort it out privately to no avail. And then Peter responded to Angel, said it causes so much bad publicity that we can, I guess, not afford. Uh, personally, I have zero shit in the fight. <laughs> uh, entire fleet is Henslet helicopters. FA is the only, is, is an American authority. Also, no bone with that fight. We have our own CAA to fight. They're all just following the ICAO rules, whatever ICAO rules. Uh, Angel goes back and says, so you're saying that because it's not important to you, it shouldn't be talked about. Um, see, and then the post got weird because I then said, um, now, now, guys, I feel neither is good nor bad that it, that it was sorted all in private. But who don't like getting the popcorn out <laughs> and watching things unfold? I personally don't think it hurts the hobby, but helps build strong connections with the companies that do the right thing and less with the bonds, less of a bond with companies that um, act unethical. Uh, At the end of the day, the folks in the hobby uh, will be in it and the new folks looking in will get an insight into the hobby that not all companies you buy things from have good intentions. And I wrote a little fluff, the the good will rise to the top, you know. and then Angel wrote, right on, Steve, uh, a lot of people think it's uh, it's just clone hatred, but they don't understand why, why the transpired allow, what just transpired allow people a rare look at the, quote, why. And then Peter wrote, um, not all, but why make such a fuss about Citytron tobacco? Personally, hate direct clones, yep, K-Bar, et cetera. Uh, oh, no, sorry, not yep, it's YEP, um, which is a clone off of YGE. YG, YG, yeah, YG, yeah, YG. So, I mean, you know, it's just a little bit of a banter back and forth, and I wanted to make sure that like people aren't gonna get like too up in arms about it. Yeah. So I kind of try to um, dissolve the situation a little. Um, I like Wes Meneer's comments, though. You wanna, you wanna take that on, Andy? 
Do you have oh, that yeah. loaded or no? Uh, Westmanier put hashtag Photobagov for fuel models and then hashtag troll. <laughs> yeah. And then I said hashtag anything is better than VGov for fuel models. <laughs> a bunch yeah. of smiley, winky emojis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand this part. I, I wonder if Wes misread my hashtag and thought I was knocking Futabagov. He said, awful lot of gassers running Futabagov. And I'm I like, I know. Just... Considered the best. Mm-hmm. And then Steve wrote, yeah, I've thought about it. I, my, my, I think I should have wrote anything's better than V-Control for throttle curves or something like that <laughs> makes a little more sense. Yeah. A lot of people have good, good results running the VGov on gassers like Doug Darby. I was more uh, referring to it's, you have to go around your asshole to get your elbow doing uh, throttle curves. Yeah. I never got a chance to test that whole special throttle curve menu too. Like that I mentioned last episode, but um, it's just weird. I don't, I don't know why weird. they just have throttle curves. Yeah. Set a seven point curve like every other radio just in existence. Add it, don't add it as an app. Add it as a base program Sh- that you can always adjust the throttle curve. Have to go curve. through like apps and special yeah. macro uh, cells and all that bullshit. It doesn't make sense to me. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's move it on. What else do we have? Oh, we got a comment. I don't know if it was from the website, uh, from Javier. Okay. Via, via email. He says, hi, guys. A friend of mine on HeliFreak. Yes, it still exists. Told me to train more and have fun less, so to speak, on the sim. He says he's <laughs> been flying mostly the same flight and been doing rep- repetitive training before that and uploading a regular or fun flight or, or two to YouTube. So he decided to listen to him and upload a flight training flight. He usually crashes a lot in this process, but was actually able to complete a flight. He's not attempting to freeze his fingers anymore, but instead waiting for good weather um, to get some stick time in. Uh, that's from Javier, and he's up there in the negative 20-degree area of, yeah, of the country. really man. cold where he's at, yes. And he sent us a video of him doing some hurricanes, it looks like. Dude, he's getting really good on the sand. Yeah. He's going to surpass all of us soon. Yep. Cool. Good for him. It's awesome. Yeah. More power to him. Uh, do we go over the web 012 email? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, I'll I read it. It's from no. web, web 012 translational lift is the subject. Effective translational lift, commonly referred to as ETL is a term used to describe the airspeed at which the entire rotor system realizes the benefit of the horizontal airflow. I kind of explained that a little bit where it acts like a wing. So Mm -hmm. when the wind's blowing really hard, even though it's horizontal, it will cause the heli to go up. So I wonder, Oh, sorry. Go. He says there now in parentheses again. (laughs) again. So I assume he probably emailed us once before when I, Fuck that up and called it yeah. transitional lift, which yeah. it's not. I know uh, what it is and what it does. I just keep forgetting how to pronounce it because I'm an idiot. So, so at what point when you're flying your helicopter, does your helicopter realize that it doesn't need so much pitch? Uh, I just find that funny. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. I mean, when it, it takes less pitch and less power 
to go in horizontal level flight at a certain airspeed than it does to hover. Yeah, he's just saying the rotor. Yeah, I just find it funny. It says the rotor system realizes. It's like it realizes. You mean the pilot oh, yeah. realizes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the pilot realizes there's benefit of horizontal airlift. Yes. Well, I, I noticed I, that when I started inverted flight that, uh, you know, I was almost neutral on the collective as it was coming around. A lot of I didn't have to give it that much negative. I noticed a lot. I don't I don't know why I didn't notice it on upright flight. Uh-oh. I noticed it across the board. I noticed it when I first started doing stall turns. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. I would pull the pitch and then I would have to let go of the pitch or it would keep climbing instead of level flight. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't know the name of it or any actual physics or terminology for it. I just thought that's the way, that's the way it flew. Mr. Ross, you need to go to the blackboard and write translational lift a hundred times. A hundred times? Like, well, here, this is interesting. <laughs> we got another email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he says, tell Andy, and the message is, it's transitional lift from a planner. All right, class dismissed. <laughs> so I give up. <laughs> who's right? I'm pretty sure it's translational. I think it's translational because he said he's from a planner, and I think he meant to say from a planker. <laughs> so he had he had misspelled words anyway. So I'm yeah, going to so. guess that you know he misspelled translational. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <right>, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. You're wrong. <laughs> but we appreciate just, your email. <laughs> yeah, I'm just playing. Uh, we like to joke. Okay. Uh, do we have any other website comments? I didn't see any more. Oh, that's it. That's it. All right. So, what do we have for people of Podbean? People of Podbean, you say? We had a couple of things happening. We had Weedy, Jeff Smart, and C Barn Six Two Six start following us. Gray Eagle Junior. Joe Tunumheim liked episode two hundred eight, Clone Wars. And that's it. All right. Let's uh, talk about Podbean comments then, huh? Talk about Podbean. Okay. Ooh. He sent us a Podbean comment. I was worried that he wasn't going to send us because he didn't, he didn't send us an email also. So, um, so Gray Eagle Jr. one day ago wrote, Dr. Helly Reader said a thing of sorts that could mean of me technically of information. Without many cookies, and unfortunately, one can simply hope the half-life if uraniumology is the mastery of the language from the English, English, English. grocery, Ingles, yeah. Ingles, uh, thank you, grocery store and fish. Hyperbaric procedural inoculation only of approval. Of not only and unknown is my responsibility. And the end. I don't understand any of that. Dude, did we know, start there... to understand him? And that's why we're getting these emails now? Because he's just going way beyond our that's understanding. The other way. I, I mean, I can't even tell you how to spell any of these words. <laughs> I'm having problems spelling, you I know. I just want to know how much this guy drinks on a daily basis. I want to find out where he gets his weed. Yeah, I was about to say, I think he smokes more than Drake to be this uh, you sure far out the like spectrum. Shrooms or, or LSD? Hey, to each their own, baby. <laughs> Who knows? 
Uh, anyway. Still holding on to a big stash of uh, uh, blotter acid from the 60s. <laughs> That's hey, now. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. And three hours ago from G Off Smart, we, we got great show, guys. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. All right. iTunes review. Dude, there's nothing new on iTunes. Oh, man. Doesn't surprise me. Oh, man. <laughs> do I have to do that, too? Oh, man. You do it the best, I think. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. I guess uh, ready for the outro here, then? Yep. Uh, should I do half speed, full speed, double speed? <laughs> Quarter speed. Quarter speed. Drop us an iTunes review. And we'll read the review on the next episode. <laughs> I'm going to do William Shackner. Email freefallrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook page, facebook.com slash freefallrc podcast. Check out our webpage, freefallrcpodcast.show. That show? Say, say hi to Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chris. <laughs> okay, I can't do it anymore. That flight test forums off the field audio video production other than flight test podcasts. Free Forestry Podcast. Say hi to David Hill, aka Hill the Flyer. Hey, Dave. David Hill. <laughs> uh, fellow podcasters, the Helly Heads Podcast. That's Mike, Kevin, and Dan. Mm-hmm. Telerotor Podcast. That's Mike Robert and Mike Rich. VKRC podcast. It's Bert and Kyle. Uh huh. You know, uh, you see. pausing like that makes me think I didn't get it right. <laughs> nice. But I know I got uh, it right. RC Roundtable. That's Terry, Lee, and Fitz. Okay. High voltage. That's Mr. Watts, Bobby Watts. Mm-hmm. All right. This one Skids Up. Skids Up is Paul. Frank, Scott, and Mr. Moreno. Uh, AMA podcast. With Matt Ruddick. And make sure to check out who? You all know. Bill Bill Ann's YouTube channel. (laughs) Bill Ann. Yes. Check out Bill Ann, too, with the two uh, videos, right? Bill Ann. You know know what he got? You know what Shatner says about Bill Ann? That's poppycock. (laughs) <laughs> I can't take it anymore <laughs> Alright Thanks to our listeners See our skies and we'll see you next time See ya Bye Did we lose George? No <laughs> Say bye George Bye George Bye George <laughs> He doesn't know what to make Dude, I read my wife that one.
Uh, Andy, we're uh-huh. Bill, we're Bill Wright's back. I'm impressed and has that picture, and I'm like, yeah. no, dude, it's easy. And then it's round holes and round pegs. And he's like, spice it up and throw in a square one. I'm like, I have a reply with a picture of him. Is that square enough? Yeah. I read my wife. She's like, you're such an asshole. I was like, yeah, did you see what I wrote? That's so square. It's cubed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Poor Bill. Poor Bill.